Shop at Acme and redeem your rewards points for free grocery items or discounts on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Download the Acme mobile app or visit acmemarkets.com. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There's this clip I wanted to play, um, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the Adam Project. Yeah, yeah this is a new uh, Netflix movie. So he, I guess he kind of goes back in time at some point. I don't know the. No, he actually he actually pulls his younger self forward. Forward. Okay. All right. And, and so it's uh, he's actually they they break a barrier that should not be broken. So he's his twelve year old self is with him. There's a clip of him of him talking about uh, giving advice to his twelve year old self. I haven't heard this yet. Yeah, it's oh, interesting. This. Yeah. Here we go. I would say that that that's on his own. I'm not doing, I'm not helping him with anything. No, he's got to, you know, fall on his face, make mistakes, right. say dumb things, do dumb things. you got to make all those mistakes. That's the foundation of, uh, of learning. So that leads to the question of what would you tell your 12-year-old self given the opportunity to do that? I love these things because also in a way... Um, <laughs> it's what you can tell yourself now to help put things in perspective, you know? Yeah. What what you did what you fretted over that you did not need to and things you should have been more um aware of. Right. I need to first put myself at twelve years old again. So what grade? Seventh grade. No, so seventh grade? Yeah. Oh, seventh grade, man. That was a that was a pivotal time uh in my life. But I wanna say it was well, yeah, maybe it was twelve or twelve years old then. Um it's really hard to think because there's so many different things. I mean, do I want to focus mainly on? Because uh, at that time, I was starting to uh, like uh, like girls. Yes, were, were starting to come into my life, and I was starting to yearn to have a girlfriend and things like that. And it was hard for me. I did like I was I was uh, I didn't. Uh, it took me a long time before right. I dove into that world. Um, so I might give myself a little bit of advice about that. Get as much trim as you can. Lower your standards and get laid. Oh, my God. Can I talk to you, son? Because it would be hard to explain to a 12-year-old that these things that seem really important to you right now are not going to matter that much later on. But as a 12-year-old, they go, shut up. Yeah. It's important right Right now. now. To me, this is what is important right now. And that's the hard part about putting yourself in the perspective of children, especially if you have your own kids. Try and remember what it was like. Try and think about what you might how you might react to advice from your parents or an adult and also understanding that your your perspective as an adult now is different but it's not going to translate that like, well because you're because unless you're you know mr brady or something like that who knows how to yeah put it in the right words casey is a great way about i think communicating to kids uh, yeah well i try and i think it's because i have so much regret in my life so uh you know and i don't want my children to have the same regrets i do but also i kind of want to make an addendum to what you said there though press because yes yeah, so a lot of things that um are super important to us at the time at you know 11 12 13 years old you know in the, in the grand scheme of things aren't that big of a deal uh however Things at that age can have a residual, long-lasting effect. Yes, they can. And so I'm learning Absolutely. this now, you know, as I as I go forward with my life, that like I still am bogged down by things that happened to me in seventh and eighth grade. Well, well actually, the thing, in, in like the grand, like in the big picture, no, and we can look back and tell our 12 year old self something. But at that time, at 12, it is a big deal. So. It's kind of pointless to even think that because you, you that a twelve year old's mind is always going to work that way. So I run I, I run different lines of thinking on this. I think the the um, the general thing would be it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. 
you you'll get worked up. Give yourself permission to get nervous. Give yourself permission to be scared. Give you know, uh, you know there are a couple things. There are overarching things that you'll try to be kind and try to you know and and try to realize that if you think you're the only one that's feeling something, that other people are feeling it as well. But in the end, it's like. Like I know I've I've given advice on things, and I knew when I was giving it to somebody who might have been at like a, a teenager or a young teenager, I know is instantly being dismissed. There are specific women that I would have said avoid these women in your life mix. So Mindy Gallo, Meg McDonald, Megan Brown, don't waste your time. It's never gonna happen. Go after somebody else instead. All right, I I thought of something, uh, which which I think would be. Good advice. Whether I would have listened to it or not at 12 years old would, would be up for debate. But would be, I guess the advice I would give is ask for help. If you can't figure something out, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm thinking a lot about like schoolwork and stuff like that because I was, I didn't do any of my homework. I had horrible grades. I didn't do any of it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't Did understand you? a lot of it. And I should have just asked for help. As a kid, you were you embarrassed to ask, do you think? Probably. So, so, so you weren't a good student. You didn't do your work because you didn't know how. You were having trouble with it. I was having trouble with it. It seemed overwhelming. Uh, and plus, dude, I'd been at school all day. I don't want to do any more work now. You know what I mean? And I would have told myself, do it right away. Get it done as soon as you can. And then you can do whatever you want yeah. to. And that, it took me, Kathy, it took me 40 years to figure, to that, figure out. that out. Like, that- I've only gotten into a zone in the past 10 years or so of... Get your stuff done. So that's something that I'm trying to teach my 10-year-old right now because that's what I did. I was I would come home from school and I would do my homework. And sometimes, and I could hear the kids playing outside. And sometimes I was not done homework until it was dark out. But for me, I needed to get that done to enjoy the rest of the day or Good whatever day I had left. So that's what I'm trying to do with him. They also and, overloaded us with too much homework. Yeah, yeah. get your ass. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like just to, like you said, just to get it done, it, it's over It's, it's over with, and you can enjoy the rest of the day or the rest of the week or whatever it might be. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. So, so I was a really good student for a number of years, and then they kept rezoning the school. You can. Yeah. You had a move. I had right? multiple schools of- constantly. I was the new kid, and after a while, I did start to get embarrassed about asking for help yeah. because I'm like, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know anybody here, yeah. and uh, I was right on the edge of. Every time they reset the school district, I was the like one of four kids that was going to the other school. Part of it was also I just didn't relate to adults very well. You know, there are some kids mm-hmm. that can that can talk to adults, and there are some that can't. Did you hang out with your parents when you were a kid? Yeah. Could, could you? Yeah. And converse and do fun things, or yeah, we. Had I mean, a good they time. were still your parents. That's. Yeah. I, I was always very good with that and adults. I could do that, and and I think that served me well in the long run. But I could see where that would be a detriment otherwise. Uh, by the way, if you want, we're, we're getting tons of uh, stuff on the text messages. Call us, 215-263-WMMR. What would you tell your younger self, Marissa? So, Preston, as soon as you said that, I put myself on the playground, literally down the street at Waldron Mercy Academy, seventh grade, standing on the playground, debating between getting the Charlotte Hornets starter jacket <laughs> and the Miami Dolphins starter jacket. And so I would tell my 12-year-old self, get the Eagles starter jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you will have a bad-ass jacket to wear to tailgates 20 years later. Nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's good I think advice. Really regret that. I think mine would be, like, friend-related. Like, I would probably say... It- you know, th- oh. most of these relationships or these friendships aren't going to last. So, like, it's not the biggest deal if someone's mad at you or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just remember, like, friends being what I w- what my life revolved around. Right. And really, I mean, I, I, there are some friends that I, I still have from seventh grade, but the majority of them, no. 
Yeah. But okay. those are important lessons to learn in the process, too, Kath. Yeah, like, right. you figure out, have these people... Like, you figure out what your values are, and you don't want to spend time with the people who have different values than you. And you're like, yeah, all right. And so, but you don't know that unless you go through it in the first place. Yeah, sure. Do you know what's interesting, though? Is sometimes those things, again, it is that chaos theory that, you know, that it is that those things that, that made you feel uncomfortable or made you feel embarrassed might have also protected you at a point where you weren't, you didn't put yourself in a situation you know, I always say the, the greatest, the, the most tragic words are what, you know, it might have been, it, it, you know, what might have been. I'm paraphrasing poorly, but but that's basically just a bit, not going for it, not taking the shot. But then there are also cases in which you look back at your life and go, God, man, I dodged a bullet on that one, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? And, and so it works both ways. It does. It definitely does. I mean, there's, listen, who's to say that if you gave your, yourself great advice that your, your life wouldn't turn out to be garbage? <laughs> right, yeah. But, you know, that's all... Uh, you know, it could, it could water go over the anywhere. cow. But I mean, you, it's all water over the cow. Yeah. But you've, uh, you know, you want to, if you can avoid um, any kinds of undue stress and, and things like that, you'd want to, you'd want to help to ease that. You just know also, like I tell people, when, you know, um, you know, like who, who going to go through the surgery or facing the surgery, you know, the prostate surgery that I had years back, you know, um, there's so many people that are going through the same thing at the same time. You know, the, that the perception that you're alone, you're the only one who's going through this, it's not true. Here's some text, and I'll go to some calls here in just a second. But this says, uh, I had a difficult childhood. I'd tell myself, stay strong. It gets better. And that there is always hope. That's true. Uh, things like that. Um, let me see. Another one says, uh, I would tell my younger self to be happy first. Um, and another one says, those are the exact two starter jackets that I stressed over. <laughs> Marissa. Uh, another one says, save money uh, wisely, uh, diversely, and do it every week. So there's a lot of different avenues that people would take as far as the advice to give themselves at 12 years old. Let me go to, I got Mike on the line. Yo, Mike, good morning. Good morning. What's <laughs> You know what's funny? Hang on. Let me let me uh, jump in. When Steve does that, I would either have to turn your microphone all the way down to keep it from overmodulating. So, Bill, there's nothing right. I can do about that. All right, Mike, go ahead, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, you know, Jordan Peterson, I don't want to know who he is. Yes, I do. But, yeah, so he has, he has a thing that he tells parents, but I would actually go back and tell myself to do dangerous things carefully. Dude, like skateboarding and like bike ride, right? Yeah, you know it's BMX, but like do it so. I mean, because when we were doing it back then, like in the seventies and the early eighties, I mean, you were breaking bones and you were right. You know, I mean, we never wore a helmet or like an arm pad back then, so do those dangerous things, but just do them a little more carefully. Okay, I, I think All that's right. strange advice. That. Don't don't yeah. yep. don't terrify yourself out of taking a chance or a risk. Yeah, but there's. Often a way you can do it that's a smarter way to do it. I yep. think that's good advice. That's good advice, Mike. I like that. What's what's the stupidest thing like that that you did that you can recall? Uh, a little bit later in my life, it wasn't quite that young, but I was doing some parkour. And I was going to ask what you jumped go, off of. <laughs> yeah, well, I went to go do a Kong like over a bench, which is basically you're basically like a full sprint. Right, and you plant your hands on the bench and on your bench, and then you bring your legs up, and then you try to clear it over, and you like catapult yourself, yeah, you know, to forward. 
Right. Okay. Well, I didn't get my right leg all the way up, and I cracked my shin in half. <laughs> oh. There you go. There you go. But you learned. <laughs> okay. What was, what was no. Thanks, Mike. What was the thing you would uh, constitute for you, uh, Preston, that you would, uh, like for me, I, I when I was a kid, I used to eat uh, tapeworm pills. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a fad so back stupid. then. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh man, I did too many dumb things. I broke stuff and jumped off of things, and you know, I I, I can't remember exactly. I love the mindset of my parents for so good to go. The, now they, I wanted what they called the small the spider bike at that time, which was like the um, you know that looked like a hot like a, a motorcycle, you know, mm-hmm. the handlebars up. And um, so my mother and father decided to get me a full Schwinn. I'm a little kid at this time, like a full Schwinn bike with. He'll grow into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll also, for my first year of yeah. riding it, be taking my life in my hands. I wish yeah. I hadn't given up on uh, piano lessons. I I, I, did, I hated it when I was 12, 13 years old, and looking back nice on it. that skill. Yeah, and, and I like playing piano. I'm not very good at it at all, uh, and I started taking lessons again a few years ago, and, and I stopped when the pandemic happened, but... If I could go back in time and, and do this this exercise, I wish I could have told myself, don't give up on it. You know, By the way, it, you stick with it, and it'll be worth it. Who's Jordan Peterson? He is a, is a, is a professor. He's written a number of books. He's is, In some circles, he's controversial, but he's he wrote, like, the Ten Rules of Life. So, um, yeah, 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 he is. Yeah. yeah, all right. Kathy? Nick, same thing. I played the piano. I was decent at it. And uh, once I had the choice where my parents weren't yes. making me go, Oh, they I gave stopped. you the choice. Yeah. And you're like, hey, you don't have to go anymore. What what age? Do you remember? I was probably middle school somewhere yeah, same. when I stopped. All right, I'm going to go to Joe next. We're talking about advice you give to your 12-year-old self. Joe, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, Zooks, guys. Yeah, Zooks, buddy. What's up? So I would tell myself not to play with model rockets. <laughs> oh, and why is that? So the first one I ever built, we managed to glue the nose cone to the rocket, and when it come down, it landed on a car and it broke the windshield. <laughs> uh, I remember those one, those rockets. That, like you're talking about what, what ST? I think was the company that made them. STP, yes. Okay, right. Yeah, the next one uh, I didn't have a rocket anymore i just had the engine so i figured i was bored might as well launch it and you know i'm smart i did it in the middle of a parking lot next to uh apartment complex and it hit the side of a window where it had a plastered on wooden thing and it caught on fire <laughs> luckily it uh started raining and, you know right right as it happened so it didn't uh, get bad oh my god but okay. these these are these are like, and I get this. These are incidents, specific incidents that you would have, you know, like, like don't go in that door. Right. But but um, on a broader sense, what would be the advice, Joe? What would you distill that advice down to someone? Don't do something stupid. Don't do something, right, which go. is very like salient advice. Don't do stupid things. Yeah. Problem is, you don't know what's stupid back then. I know. Uh, All the good stuff is stupid. I'm going to go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, my man. What's up, bud? Not much. Uh, kind of thinking back up what you were saying about asking for help, especially back in school. Yeah. Uh, I was in, like, special ed majority of my entire childhood, even leading up to college. And uh, sitting in IEP meetings and having all these adults asking, like, what can they do to help you and just sitting there nervous and embarrassed. Right. Definitely would tell my 12-year-old self to, like, speak up more and ask for more yeah. guidance. Yep. Yep. I'm with you, Chris. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> ask, ask for help. Talk about... 
the problems you're having, and 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 people are are willing mo- most of the time to help out. A lot of times you're you're part of a group though. Thanks, and, Chris. And I remember you, the dynamic as a kid, like oh, everyone seems to know how to do this. And I don't want to. I know. Like, I, yeah. I know. I don't want to know. I've, I've had with with my own kids yeah. saying, "Look, man, asking for help." Is not a sign of weakness. In fact, and and don't be embarrassed about it because the people that you're asking for help for, people like to help other people. Yeah. They like to show the good them. People do well. They like to show them how to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what if if you know how to do something. Isn't it great to be able to show somebody else how to do it too? Yeah. This you know, so is you're... a proper hot Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't chintz on the no. cling wrap. Yeah. 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 Use plenty no. of dollar store yeah. cling wrap. Yeah. Do not. Um, we're going to go to Michael next. Hey, Michael, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I turned it down a little on that. Hey, Mike, all right, so your 12-year-old self, what would you... What advice would you give? I would probably tell him that everything's going to be okay. Got to yeah. keep your head and then keep trucking for it. You know, Michael, it seems like such a such a such a basic, simple thing, but it's like. Um, you know, it almost is in line with something I tell a lot of people. Again, when I'm talking to people who might be facing the, the uh, a medical situation or whatever, you don't. Your mind wants to tell you the most horrible stories. You, you, your, your, your mind will create these scenarios, and you'll you'll live in this hell until you actually find out that it wasn't as bad as you thought. And it's a hard thing to embrace, but it's it's always the case. Try not to listen to the stories your mind is telling you. Right, but. And, and to, to that. On to the place, other to side, plays devil advocate. Sometimes yeah. things do go wrong. But if you're talking about going back, or you know, talking, being able to, you know, ignore all reality yes. and talk to your younger self, Michael. It says on here in the screen. I love this. It says to tell yourself you're going to get what you want. It'll just take some time. That is great advice. Mm-hmm. If you indeed have had a life that turned out the way you think, uh, uh, you know, a life you wanted. Going back and tell yourself who's probably worried about it at that yes. time, saying, "Dude, I spend tons of time that it's way. Gonna be okay, didn't you? Yeah, didn't oh you? Hand yes. ringing, thanks, did, Michael Preston. You and I with our our, our mailboxes cleaning out our offices mm-hmm. at at Y one hundred because we we were in a, a contracting and not knowing what the hell was going to happen. Yeah, and and okay, yeah. Or uh, is, what is, are we going to do? Or is is a high school student or, or even you know middle school, which is the age we're talking about, not knowing. How things were going to go and worried about what my life was going to be like. And, and to hear from myself to be able to say, just keep doing what you're doing and don't worry. It's just going to take a while. You're not going to get everything you want right away, but you, you have a life ahead that's that's that you're going to approve of. I remember you me as I mean? a 19-year-old saying to myself, I don't think this Carl's hot enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a warm Carl. Uh, here's, a, here's a text right now. This is a good one. This is the advice that they would give themselves at 12 years old. Everything you hate now, uh, you're going to like when you're older. Reading, vegetables, girls, read more be- books and never stop learning. And if you run out of lotion, you can use conditioner. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go over next to Bill. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Hey, fellas. Uh, this is a quote I like, and it, it kind of helped me a lot. And it's something I think it takes time to realize. So if you can fast track it. Some president said this. I'm driving. I don't know who. Uh, comparison is a thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. So that guy that drives a Beamer and you drive a Ford Taurus, well, maybe his dad gave it to him. You know, maybe he got that job because he knows somebody. 
Don't compare yourself to other people, people out there in the Delaware Valley. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Bill? My therapist told me that. <laughs> Not yeah. that long ago. Here I am in my 50s, and I still do it. I still compare myself to others. Do you? Yeah, you know? I, I, you know, I don't. I can't help it. It's a character flaw. I, I broke it. Well, I can't uh, say no. I don't. I, I, that, don't call it a flaw. It's, Thanks, it, Bill. It's, it's a part of who you are and something you can work on, but it doesn't mean that it's, like, right, every, okay. everybody goes through these types of things, right? And, and we're all human. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and uh, it might and be a weak weakness. now and then. It yeah. might be a weakness that you want to work on, but I don't think it's a flaw inherently. I think it's just something that's a natural okay. reaction that most people do at one point. Most people do it throughout the day. You know, yeah. you look at somebody else's car, and you're like, man, I wish I had a house that's bigger or the car that's nicer or whatever, but that doesn't mean that those people are inherently happier than you are or have a, a cool job like you have, you know? Right. I agree, and I and I, and I should say that, that, that I do it less than I used to, but my dad growing up would always say, and it, you see that that guy who has this or has or this kid who has that thing, go ask them how they got it. Go go find out what they did to get it. Yeah. And, and in other words, there was always he was always presenting it as perhaps there's an opportunity for you to do what they're as you said, Preston. Learn from people. Don't be afraid to ask. Right. It goes back to that a lot. Let's go to Marissa next. Hi, Marissa. Good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. What's up, Marissa? Um, so I would tell my 12-year-old self to ignore the bullies and, you know, yes, it will help shape you in life, but don't let them pick on you. Go talk to somebody, tell somebody, don't let it eat you up inside. Okay. Marissa, so that's, of course, that's it's great advice. I would ask you, because we, we do acknowledge that it's hard when you're in the moment to see the validity of that. Would you do anything else to sell that point to your 12-year-old self? Um, I think that I would... Yeah, you know, I just feel like telling somebody really does help. Yeah. You know, like, eat, letting it eat away at you is not going to do anything for yourself. It doesn't help you. It doesn't um, help you move forward in life. I just feel like talking to somebody can make a huge difference. Because we do, and it's the truth. We always, no matter how much press, I'm sure, when I've talked to uh, uh, the, the therapist I, I go to periodically, do uh, you have that notion of... Um, you know, we. I must be the only one feeling this, and it's yeah. just not the case. Yeah. And, and I think, and you know what, Marissa, you had bullies. I tell you what, I I think that they could be the bullies, the people that I considered that. I think they could be one of the strongest. Hmm, what's the proper word to use? Influence, not influences, but but have affected my life to this day. Yeah. Uh, what, I totally agree. You know what I, I mean? I do feel like they have made me the person that I am because now I'm such, like, I give back to everyone and I always want to make sure that everyone feels good about themselves, even when they're having, like, the worst day, just smiling at somebody can make a huge difference. Yeah. But yes. well, maybe you and I differ because my, my thoughts go to, God, I wish I would have just beat the living crap out of them <laughs> or done something and not put up with that. You know what I mean? You know, but I guess on a, a, a more wise course of action would be Marissa's, which is tell someone about it. You know what I mean? Well, I can tell you I've had both situations play out where I did get to, to exact revenge and it was no more, it was not... Isn't that satisfying? It, well, it's, 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 this person was pro, this, it's like you consider the source. What did I do? What do you think that that message got through? It didn't. Mm. It, it, you know, it just it. it, it I often I've said I've said this to you, Casey. Like someone, if someone attacks you, it's like they're they're imprisoned by their own yeah crap. The, the judgment has already been rendered on them. They're already paying the price. They're living in the shell of crap that they are as a person. 
I'm not using technical terms there. But that's <laughs> uh, here's a text that says, this conversation is happening during a very pivotal time in my life, post-divorce, where I'm questioning and worrying about everything. Thank you. I needed this this morning. Uh-huh. It's our pleasure. Uh, I will go to Lauren next. Hey, Lauren, good morning. Hey, our president, Steve Lazenby, is my site. <laughs> uh, licensed in your state. <laughs> what was that? Licensed, licensed in your state. Your state. Oh, yeah. licensed in your state. Yeah, we got in trouble for that, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> only in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Lauren? Uh, well, I think the first thing I would tell my 12 year old self, besides, uh, you're not going to end up with Luke Perry, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, right now, no one is. <laughs> um, I'm going to get sentimental. I'm not going to go funny. Um, I would say, um, you know, how much your parents love you. Um, I had a daughter recently and I cannot even comprehend the amount of love wow. that my parents had for me. And I don't think I truly understood it until I had my own child. You know, it's funny, Lauren, on the, on the flip side of that coin, and it's a second quote that we have of Ryan Reynolds about thinking about this. He reassessed his father mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. with, kid, with, with like boys. Obviously, I think the father's you know, is, is is an issue. And my dad just recently recorded about five hours of audio of him reading through his journals and giving context to his life, to everything that predates us being cognizant of our lives with him as our dad. And there was a moment he recounted when he was in elementary school and it, you talk about things that make an impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad's 95 and, and he's and he still remembers this. He talks about how he dreaded Valentine's Day in school because they used to give out the Valentine's Day cards from a central box in the in the class, and the teacher would give them out. And it wasn't for him. He felt bad for the kids that didn't get Valentine's Day cards, yeah, right. and that impacted him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and think about the, the people that didn't get the Valentine's right, Day cards. It right. must have been bad. So next time somebody well, says, F your feelings, keep in mind how much they stick with you. Yeah. What's that, Lauren? That's so special that you have those memories from him, Steve. Yeah, he just yeah. he just That's did it. And I'm so, I'm so glad. So I'm like I'm I'm making copies for my my brothers and and uh, it's you know I I had no idea that that was something that all, here's a guy who fought in World War II and that made an impact on yeah. him. Yeah. All right, thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. I do remember the point in my life where uh, I thought, oh, my parents didn't have to do all that for me. Uh, like, I realized how much right. they had done for me in, yeah. in my life. And I was like, oh. was it? Were you a mom at that point? Or no, was it, no. Okay. I think I was probably, maybe I was like just out of college or a, li- a little bit out of college. And I, and I just remember being like, oh, cause like, I, because I would talk to other people. And I'm like, oh, your parents didn't pay for your college? They're like, no, I have hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> in debt. What do you mean? And I, And I was like. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, your parents didn't Mm. buy you a car? No, they didn't. We got our own car. We had to pay for our own car. I was like... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, right. Here's here's that clip from Ryan Reynolds. Steve. A lot of stories that I tell myself about my father to sort of account for some of my own deficits, and and you know as I get older, I sort of ask, I have to ask myself are those stories true, and and oftentimes they're not. You know, so it was interesting to have a sort of a much more sober, truthful sort of look at my relationship with my dad, and that's sort of what we put on the page for Adam Project as well. Nice. Uh, there, this text says, uh, I would uh, tell myself to pay attention to mom and grandma's cooking and oh, write boy. things down. Oh, yeah. I probably should have done that. A too. lot of times, though, yeah, <laughs> Kathy's, just try her French toast. Um, uh, uh, but you, they go on to say, uh, I miss missing certain foods that they would make and have never been able to nail it down uh, the same taste. Now, you know, there are grandmothers, and we've, we've heard about this. 
Who, who will not give you that recipe. Oh, yeah. They will not give You're you that right. recipe. You're right. My mom wrote down a bunch of recipes for me. Yeah. Uh, which was pretty awesome. That's very so cool. I still have yeah. those, yeah, but yeah. You know what? Like, I have a recipe. It was, I think it was my grandmother's recipe, but it's from my aunt. And I was like, well, write it down for me. Like, I do want it and I want to keep it. But hers was like, a little bit of this, a little bit I of know. that. I'm like, yeah. that is not going to turn out like Isn't grandma's. Mambo number five? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me go. Hey, it's our buddy Craig Lagans. He's hey. on the line. Yo, Craig, good morning. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Change it up. I like it. Nice Carol Baskin. What's That's up, it. man? Oh, man. Well, I would tell my 12-year-old self, you're you're a black kid in an all-white school. <laughs> it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get... You're going to get a whole lot of great material for a great show you're going to do later on in life. <laughs> right now, it's going to get worse. Uh, but the most important thing I would say, my 12-year-old self, don't break up with Natalie Finn. The, uh. Best girlfriend I ever had. She was cute. She left comics. She had, you know, when you're 12, yeah. not all girls develop. She was developed and just had amazing body. And she liked me, so we were a couple. And then all these girls that I had previous crushes on started, you know, noticing me. Like, Jenny waved at me when I got in. Abby wanted to sit next to me in science class. And I thought, this is amazing. All because I was going out with Natalie. Craig, my we, guy friend. We talked about that phenomenon. So, so that, that suddenly it's it's the Pete Davidson uh, uh, syndrome. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. And then my guy friend said, well, dude, play the field. Don't just date Natalie. Date Abby. Date Jenny. Date all of them. I said, wow, that's genius. So I break up with Natalie for no reason. And all these other girls that I thought liked me all of a sudden hate me because I dumped Natalie yeah. for no reason. So now they all think I'm a jerk. Natalie has another boyfriend in two seconds, and I don't have another girlfriend for another five years. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic scenario. Classic scenario. Uh, you know what? Especially you with your vast and uh, you know you sit right in the realm of of uh, the pop culture nexus that that, that I share with you. Uh, didn't you learn anything from Marsha Brady? <laughs> when, she, you know, she passed on Charlie and went with the big man on campus. Yeah, well, see, I learned, see, from, from Jan Brady. See, I had made-up girlfriends before <laughs> that. There you go. You were dating George Glass? I had Georgina Glass. Georgina Glass. first real girlfriend, and I messed that uh, up. So. Oh, no, I hear you, man. All right. Yeah, it's painful. Thanks, Craig. Comic Book Gurus, check out his podcast. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll you. see you later, man. All right. Um, here you go. Some more uh, pieces of advice you would give to your 12-year-old self if you could. This uh, movie, Adam Project, has uh, got this conversation started. I'll go to Carl. Hi, Carl. Good morning. Hey, God juke. Uh, good juke. God juke. <laughs> good juke. <laughs> I, I like it. good juke, like too. Yeah. What's up, uh, Carl? Sorry, I was swallowing a bagel. I didn't think you were going to come Dude, the fact that you got it at all with yeah. bagel in your mouth is quite an accomplishment. Uh, yeah, don't chew when you're uh, about to go on air. There's some good advice. Uh, I would say, I would say there's, there's a couple, but the ones that I really wanted to express were don't get hung up on your first few relationships. Yeah. Yeah, a couple lucky few people, you know, wind up dating their high school sweetheart. But the amount of stuff I got hung up on in a relationship that prevented me from bettering myself as I grew really like really impacts me to this day so like, let me let me ask you how, how would you how would you say that to your 12 year old self would you say look i know right now let's say you know you're in a relationship i know right now seems like it's going to be forever but the statistics you know yeah say that that's more than likely not going to happen and you'll probably end up dating a lot of people i guess you would have to word it well, like that right 
I would actually tell my 12-year-old self to go to Google and Google how many fish are actually in the fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no. that would be able... You, you, you're raising the, but though yeah. I t- Carl, the truth is, that how many of our early relationships just killed us when they went asunder yeah. and just oh. occupied? It just drove you sick to your stomach, it, like in up in your room, like on the bed, just moaning because how did this happen? It just kills you when you're a kid of that age and you're first having relationships. So I, that is good advice, and statistically, the odds are against it. Yep, that's yep. when you're 17 years old. You're like, there she is forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Right. And it may not even uh-huh. make it till the end of the week. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah, it. That's a, and it says on my screen here, you had another piece of advice about money. Oh, don't, no one gives a crap what shoes and clothes you wear. Just be a good person. Yep. Like, no one, no one will remember what Ed Hardy shirt you bought in 2008. <laughs> 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 uh, good point. You know, right. Just be a yeah. good person. Well, you know, Dr. Dr. Mike says price. all the time, you know, uh, you know, about, uh, he never hears anybody on their deathbed say, I wish I had more money, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, that's, uh, all right. Thanks, Carl. That's See a, you. Sage enough. advice. All right. Uh, I will go to Dan next with some advice. Hey, Dan, good morning. Yo, what's up? You guys rock. Thank you, buddy. All right, so you go back in time or you bring your 12-year-old self to your time. And what do you tell them? What advice? So I want to start out by making the point that my dad always told me, I can still hear him saying growing up, that whatever injury you sustain or whatever you do to your body now is going to affect you later. (laughs) So now after all these injuries i i kind of like he does you know i hear what he's saying a little more um so i think i would go back and tell myself to start playing golf because i like to golf now and uh not too many injuries with that game yeah damn that's a good one i would have told myself uh when i began playing golf i was you know a a teenager uh, take lessons like learn how to do it the right way right away that's good advice that's real good advice yeah try and gear it into something not so uh you know, you know, and it's again all of these things, and we we talk about them, you know, as Thanks, as, as if they're sort of hard and fast rules, and yet sometimes you enter a sport that traditionally can cause a lot of injuries, and you find out you excel at it. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you may ju- you may just love it. Yeah, yeah. you and, may and, just like to do that. You know what I mean? And how so, can you how, how can you deprive or? Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Deprive? Deprive. Yeah, yeah. So I said depry. <laughs> how could you, yeah, how could you deprive yourself yeah. of that? I went to deprive and I learned yeah. VCR repair. But how, yeah, why, why deprive yourself of that yeah. if, you're, if you're good at it and you like it? Don't you, study VCR repair. It's all going to be different. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What, a, what a waste of time. In fact, Casey, even worse, beta VCR. Yeah, don't yeah. get those little tapes. Yeah. I thought it was going to take off. Yeah. Damn it. It's like, it's like uh, in Dirty Rock, uh, uh, Tina Fey's boyfriend is the last of the beeper salesmen. Oh, my God. Uh, I will go next to Keith. Hey, Keith, good morning. Good morning. Uh, all right, so what advice do you give your 12-year-old self? I would tell my 12-year-old self, do not barge into your mom and dad's room on that Sunday. You're going to Great Adventure. <laughs> oh no! What did you see? Uh, well, they weren't playing leapfrog. I tell you that it wasn't part cheesy. Part cheesy. Oh my god! Oh, you poor thing. So yeah. who was who was winning the wrestling match? <laughs> dad, dad had a good choke. Oh my god! So Keith, oh, tell, tell, tell me what's worse. I saw yeah. my mom giving an unconventional oh, mouth-to-mouth man. session <laughs> to my dad, but nowhere near his mouth. 
I came what? back. Yeah, I came yeah. back. I, was just, yep. I remember. I can see the room. Yep. And the look on my face, my dad's face was not like, oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. It was more like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I was getting a Hummer and you killed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's traumatizing, man. It, it's it's taken 40 years to get over that. So uh, <laughs> a lot of therapy. Oh, man, you poor thing. All right. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it. That's, that's mm-hmm. legit advice. Yeah. Just don't do that, kid. Yeah. That's when the doors close. Scar you for a long time. Oh, yeah. oh, I still can remember seeing my mo- uh, grandmother change her top at Flagler Beach <laughs> in her home. Yeah. <laughs> I walked in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Changing your top? She was topless. Oh. Up over her head. I walked into the room and I'm like, I did oh, Damn it. What are those? <laughs> I, I okay. Here's one. Well, talk about this. this is what my daughter would do. I, I one time, and this was just a few years ago. So she was still, you know, she was around that age, about twelve yeah. or something like that. And there comes a time in in your family where, uh, you know, as as you have babies and toddlers, nudity is okay. It's right. All right. Yeah. But at some point, you stop doing that. Becomes, yeah. It, 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 yes. Yep. And so I was, and this was right on the uh, the tail end of. We're not going to be naked in front of each other anymore. <laughs> and my daughter said something, and I was going heading off into the shower, and I didn't have my pants on, and I had my butt to her. And I, <laughs> I remember this. I can't believe I did this. I was thinking of what I would do with my buddies, my yeah. my bandmates, oh, no. oh, and, no. I, and I, oh, no. I brown-eyed her. Oh, oh my God. God. I spread the cheeks, and, like, the second I did it, I'm like, why did you just do that? <laughs> and it, like... Scarred her, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was a few years. It was years ago, yeah. <laughs> but it is now family lore. It is yeah. now brought up oh every now God. and then. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Stupid. Remember when your dad brown eyed you? It doesn't happen gradually. Like you, you resolutely know it, like in an instant, right? What? Like that this time has come. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. so and the, that was, that was, it. it wasn't like you, you had this anymore. It oh wasn't like you had all sorts of, mm-hmm. I think we're getting there. Mm-hmm. So you tell your 12 year old self, don't eventually brown <laughs> on my daughter. <laughs> you're about 50, <laughs> right. don't do that. <laughs> See if you can remember that. Wow. All right, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, um, it's a good note to end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you, guys. Uh, uh, Eddie wanted to say he would tell himself, stop running from people and stand up for yourself. And Doug would say, uh, have more self-confidence. Yeah. Uh, he used to be very hard on himself. Uh, make sure you're doing that. And then the last one will be Chris, who says, don't light the yard backyard on fire. <laughs> so this is good advice. Yeah. And, and I think maybe we, we got something out of this, I hope. It, yeah. And also... Relax on yourself. Don't yeah. don't give yourself such a hard time. If you can, yeah. please do. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back in a moment, and uh, we'll do the Bizarre File, which is loaded uh, with people who have tons of regret. That's so right. We'll get to that in a second. Make sure you stay with us. Hey, want to hang out with your favorite MMR DJs? Check out the events and appearances page at WMMR.com. Come say hello. Plus, you might even win some cool prizes we snuck out of the building. WMMR.com's got all the where, whens, and what they're giving away. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding.
Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Listen up, some amazing news from our friends at Window Nation. You can modernize and reinvest in your home today with new windows from Window Nation with their best deal. It's 0% interest for five full years. Plus, get two windows free with every two you buy. It's a double deal. You'll get more comfort, lower energy bills, higher home value, and jealous neighbors. All with impeccable construction and expert installation. Call today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I wanted to bring this thing up, and it was a um, something that Casey uh, posted on Instagram yesterday. You know, it's, it's interesting when something has been a certain way for a long, long time, and then all of a sudden it's just not anymore. Right. And you may not realize that things have changed, and you go about business as if it is as usual, and case in point, this situation with Casey. So you're driving. Yeah. A guy is uh, perturbed with you. What what happened? All right. So, uh, yeah, I was driving uh, down uh, Glendale Road. Uh, Glendale becomes Eagle Road. And there's an intersection where Glendale becomes, I think, Eagle. But also uh, coming in from the left, there's a street called Vermont. Right. This is in where the, is this, Casey? This is Havertown, Delaware County, Delco. And um, so... What's weird is uh, at this intersection, for as long as I could remember, if you were making a right-hand turn in a couple of different directions, you didn't have to stop at the stop sign. So, I'm a, Wait, one, of, one of those signs that says "accept right turn." Yes, yeah. Okay. So there is a giant stop sign there, and it says "stop, accept you know right turn." Uh, right. So if I, if I were making a left on the Vermont Road, I would have to stop and you know make sure I had the right of way. I was making a right, so. For as long as I can remember, you just go. And so as I'm approaching this intersection, uh, there was a, a van, a gray work van, that was coming from my left on Vermont, and they were making a left to go essentially either in front of me or behind me. Right. I didn't think I had to stop, so I just plowed through. I mean, didn't even attempt to slow down or whatever, but this guy... Mind you, was rolling through his stop sign, but uh, he uh, he starts laying on his horn, right? And right. and I'm actually, uh, you know, talking. My wife is on the phone with me at this point, and uh, I say, uh, I, he, the dude's laying on his horn, and I just kind of look at him and nonchalantly say, "I don't have a, a stop sign, sea sucker," and I just keep going. And this dude, well, but like I wasn't saying it angrily; yeah, I was yeah. just saying it sort of matter of fact. Yeah, like, you know, go ahead and lay on your horn, bro. I got the right away. Right. Um, but he laid on his horn for a good four or five seconds, and then uh, and then he was coming up behind me, and, and as we're approaching a, another light, he's making a right on the Reed Road. I'm continuing straight to Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, he comes up behind me and lays on his horn again, and as he's making the right, I kind of slowed down in the middle of the intersection, and I make sure that he sees, I'm telling right, him, right, he's, yeah. he's number one. Right, right, right. right. Um, so he's a sea sucker, and he's number one. And were you were you videoing some of this? Or? No, no, no. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't video any of this. But so, okay. uh, but what, what? 
And I'm I'm not mad at this guy, right? I, like I, I honestly, I even at this point, I'm not holding any ill will because in my mind. I didn't do anything wrong, right? I, you know, I was following the rules. Right. I was following the rules of the road. This clown, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Now, and I had a similar situation where I was driving down Township Line Road, and I was going through a school section, you know, and the lights were bright. Right, we heard, we remember that, so you... Well, no, I just want to give yeah. you my frame of mind here. And so I had a lady who was uh, laying on her horn and then flip, double flipping me off, and I'm not mad at her, but I just wanted her to know that, like, hey, I'm driving 15 because that's the speed limit right now. Right, like, I'm not right. mad at you, but, like, you're wrong, you know? So I didn't have an opportunity to tell this guy, hey, you're <laughs> wrong. So You just flipped him off. I just flipped him off. But when I got home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a public service announcement. So I, I in my driveway, I, I, I hop on my phone. And I saw this, by yeah. the way. I saw the first one. You saw the first video. Yeah. Well, I only saw the second one, uh, so I'm, I'm interested to hear what the first one said. So the first video, I just simply, hey, public service announcement. If you or anybody you know drives a, and so this is still a public service announcement, <laughs> drives a great work van, and you were at the intersection of Vermont Road and, and Glendale Avenue, and you were honking your horn at a guy in a gray Subaru Outback, I just want to let you know you were wrong. I was right, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And so I, I post a video, and and even in the video, I go, hey, no hard feelings here, you know, just yeah. to let you know that you were wrong. No, your tone and tenor was pretty, yeah, amicable. Yeah. Uh, so immediately the uh, the comments are going, dude, it's an always stop sign now, always, and, and I have no idea because now at this point I'm like, go out. I got to go get my son from the bus stop. Yeah. So I go to pick up my son, and then my wife calls me, and she's like, hey, just want to let you know you're getting a lot of comments. I'm like, yeah, I saw them. Uh, and so I drop my son off at, at the house, and I I hightailed it back to that, that intersection. You wanted to check it out for yourself. Well, I was 99% sure that I was wrong at this point because so many people had responded like, dude, All right. it's it's a it's a three-way. People were saying four-way stop sign, but I'm, I think it's a three-way okay. stop sign. But either way, um, and then sure enough, I, I'm, pull, I'm approaching and, and it... And I, I pulled out my video camera. Yes. Now, I listen, and I don't um, condone this. You know, listen, when you're driving, you, you be be safe. But I, I made sure that when I did this, there were no cars behind right. me. I was driving slow, and I videoed the <laughs> the approach up to the stop sign. And I saw that I was wrong. <laughs> it says always stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. It says mm-hmm. always stop. Now, it doesn't say big. Um and well, it doesn't count if it's written small. Well, Wait, what do you mean? Isn't it a stop sign? Yeah, but, yeah, but some of, some of them for the longest time it, it had a sign underneath it that says "except right turn." Right, okay. and so those you just go right through. And I mean, so, which is which is always weird. I've uh, it, everywhere I've been in the country, I've never really seen those except here. Oh, really? Um, quick, quick question, Brandon. And and, and 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 strolling right through a stop sign makes me feel uncomfortable, even yeah. though it says "right uh, except right turn." I have to make absolutely sure that I'm doing this right. But Casey's been through this intersection countless times, so he did it easily and hadn't noticed and rightfully so because it was you know it was automatic for you for to just years. roll right through that yeah for 30 years i've been going through this stop sign i've been going through this intersection and for 30 years it has been you know uh no stop right make right, right yeah. turn so well 29 years well yeah probably but either right. way uh, i was rounding up preston <laughs> i know no dad it's not 345 yeah, but, they, but people have pointed out yeah. that that it may have been changed for as long as maybe a year so that's you, what that's what I'm hearing that at some point in maybe 2021, 
or maybe even late 2020, they changed this. So, so not only do I owe this guy an apology, but everybody else <laughs> blows through the stop sign. I owe you an apology. Like, and like I get mad, like, like you know, like because. I'm not a blatant, like, uh, scofflaw. scofflaw, right? You know, like, I, right. you know, just the night before, I was with my son in the car and... Robbing somebody, a liquor store. No, no, and there, you know, this guy was pissed off because somebody wasn't going uh, as soon as the yeah. light turned green, and he's honking on his horn, and he ended up, like, going around them and, you know, driving into oncoming traffic to go around. Like, that, that's not how I operate as, right. as a driver. So... This guy who thought that I was just being a total a-hole, I wasn't. I was being a, I don't know how you would, uh, an absent-minded a-hole right. is what I was. So you're, you're unaware, so you then then you decide, okay, in this video. Well, you, I need you, to do a mea culpa. Yeah, right. Okay. I, I need, and it was know. well done, by the way. You could tell you were straight up like, you, you were eating crow. You, yeah. uh, you, you. Messed up. I was flat out wrong. I was wrong, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and so when I was wrong, I promptly admitted it in all my affairs is, uh, <laughs> is uh, something I've learned over the years. Yes, Kathy. No, I was just going to say, I mean, for you being from Delco and knowing everything about it, I mean, this definitely is minus 50 points. <laughs> oh! Listen, she, you, you can't erase 50 I, points for a say, successful yeah, I would landing say, of a helicopter. Listen, I would say <laughs> subtract five points for my, my error, but then add five points for me, uh, you know, oh, I'm going up to it. So we're still at 50. So, yeah, it's kind of like a... By the way, I think, Casey, I'm, I'm going to go with my original thought is that no taking away of points, Yay. only adding points. All right, all right. So we're going to avoid this debate all the time. So, we'll get into that when it's official. Okay, so you did it. You did the video. Any, no, the guy never saw it or never contacted you back, right? The odds are really rather small that that would happen. Yeah, probably not. And, and but here's the deal. Like, would you, would you... <laughs> My car is stands out so much because I have like stickers on. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, that if this guy ever sees me again, like he's gonna be like, oh, okay. So it's like the lady who ran me off the road that one time. Yeah. Like, dude, she had like freaking flames on the side of her car. I'm like, yeah, the one you wished uh, Merry Christmas to. <laughs> yes, uh, I Merry Christmas. C word. C word. Uh-huh. <laughs> she ran me off the road, but like she had flames on the side of her car. So anytime I ever saw her. Or saw that I'm like that's the lady. Like I know yeah. who that lady. So this guy, every time he sees me, he's like, "That's well, that's you know what? Also, you, you know what? Yes, I am that a hole." You were left with the predicament, and it, it, it's not the easiest for people to admit they're wrong. You had already done a public display of your assertion that you were right. right. Yeah. And and so you, it was kind of you yeah. had to. And what was your mindset when you were driving back over? Like, were you hoping, God, I hope I'm right. I hope, I'm, or did you? I knew I was wrong, but I was holding out just yeah. a tiny bit of hope <laughs> that there was going to be that giant sign that says "Accept Right Turn," and, and it did not. But I, anybody who's watching the video, and and I just want to let you know that um, I, I ended up pulling into a parking lot to film. You know, the mayor. Yeah. Right. So I wasn't, right. you know, necessarily filming while I was right. running other cars or <laughs> driving. Yeah. But they will occasionally change, like, you know, speed limits. Very rarely. But, you know, uh, sometimes they'll put up signs, you know, note uh, uh, the speed limit change and, and give you a little grace period to get used to that type of thing. But so, uh, you had apparently been running that stop sign for a year. Preston, we're getting some calls in case we can go. Yeah. Uh, 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 Maddie. Uh, just uh, has some information concerning that intersection. Maddie, good morning. Yeah, hi. How are you? Good. So can you give Casey some comfort? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you give Casey some comfort here? 
Yeah, I so I live right at uh, Steel Baseball Field, which is right at that intersection. Yep. And they just changed the stop sign, I'm going to say maybe it was like three or four months ago. Huh? They never put up any sort of notice, and it is a daily, like, hmm. I mean, the accidents that have happened there. It's crazy all yeah. the time. So I actually was coming down the other way. So um, a, f- a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, I was actually coming work from where that uh, gray work van was coming. And by the way, thanks, Maddie, for your call. Um, I had uh, I was so I was co- and there was a car coming from my right who was waving me on. And in my mind, I'm like, you've got the right way. Hey, hold go. You know? <laughs> well, wait a second. Let me ask you something in this case. When they do something like this, Preston, you're right. Sometimes. Oh, they just changed that. Would it be wise to post perhaps a visible notification? Mm-hmm. Would you have? Would you wanted to post some sort of sandwich board or something near that stop sign to indicate its status has I, changed? Maybe, maybe. And I don't know how big of a sign you can make that will actually get me to notice it because it, it, listen. <sighs> Take a look at our kitchen. Right. There are, like, OSHA signs. There are, yeah. like, COVID signs all over the place. Do you ever look at them? No. Do you ever read? No. no. Like, nobody reads those I didn't things. even know like we had a park- kitchen. Yeah. It's like all the parking signs in the city. There's so many there that you have to spend, like, ten minutes reading them to see if you can park there. It might be distracting to throw up, you know, a sign there. Maybe that's why they don't do it. Um, but there, there's a, um, it, it was, you could turn on red. It was an intersection that I would travel through frequently and you were able to turn on red and they changed it. Um, and now you have to stop. You can't turn on red. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. And I knew why they did it. There was a little, there was some construction there and some new buildings going up while well, I continued to uh, turn on red. And I'll tell you what. I almost killed myself and somebody else, and I was like, okay, now I understand why, because there's a blind spot now because of the building that went up, and I was like, okay, well, that's why you have to obey the laws, because they put it there for a reason. I wonder, so is there, like, a protocol that says you, you, um, you need to post information of a change of a sign or a, a traffic pattern in some you, sort of public. I bet you the township does most right. of the time. Um, but town talk? Well, not like on, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You know, because I, I follow Radnor Township, for example, on, on social media. And they will let you know when these things happen. But like like Casey and Kathy were just saying, like, how often do you actually see that or read that or Never. recognize it? You know, so like they'll put the information up. It's, it's sometimes it's up to you to actually track it down and pay attention to it. And, uh, you know, I think these things type of, these types of things happen all the time. Yeah. Well, I think that the uh, that your admission that you were uh, that you were wrong, Casey, is yeah. a uh, is very big of you and, and a, a cool thing to do. And I think that uh, that should be encouraged if, if all of a sudden you realize rather rather than going all in. You know, I've already I've already laid the groundwork here. I, you know, you've already flipped this guy and everything, and sticking with it. Yeah. If you're wrong, even though even though it's hard to do it, just say, you know what, I was wrong. You were yeah. right, and then hopefully you can. It's hard to do though sometimes. Yeah. And look, when you especially, video es- up. <laughs> yeah, but especially when it comes to auto stuff, I've 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 uh, been the a hole by accident, you know, yes. in front of somebody or something like that, and didn't realize that I was causing a problem. And all of a sudden, you realize it. I do the hands up thing, like I'm so sorry. You yes. know, I try, I try to get a gesture, like I didn't mean yes. to do that. But this can also look like, what the hell are you yelling yeah. at me for, right. pal? Right. You know right. what I mean? What I do, and this is a classic move in like sports when you are the one who like either dropped the pass or threw a bad pass. 
I I tap my chest like, dude, that was my fault. I'm sorry. In fact, I did. I would read that as I'm going to kick you in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> or or I would like come and get it, pal. Yeah, yeah. Right uh, here. You want I some know. of this? Yeah, no, because I don't watch football that much, so I don't I don't know that that's a thing. But there's also like a uh, like a nonverbal sort of like face, like oh my god, like I'm I'm so sorry. And what I what about praying hands? Like sorry, forgive me. You could do that yeah, too. Yeah. yeah I, you know what? I had one, one of the most unique times that I was flipped off, uh, and and I actually was like I wasn't bothered by it because of of their creativity and i happen to know what they meant yeah do you guys know what the um uh, american sign language uh sign is for a-hole uh, uh you've shown us like i the, forgot what is it like the okay it's, sign right yeah, yeah it's like the okay yeah, yeah. sign but kind of upside down right and, and I, I i there was a deal where it was a left-hand turn lane I could, getting home could have been either one of two ways. I could have just kept going straight, or I could make a left and make it a little bit shorter. And while I was pulling up, and my intention was to go straight, a little gap opened up in that left-hand turn lane. I'm like, oh, I'll just slip right in here. Well, the person I slipped in front of didn't like it. And I look at my rearview mirror, she's going, going mm, like that, <laughs> meaning a-hole. And I was like... All right, okay. I'm, I don't think I'm really being an a-hole, but I do like your unique gesture that you use. <laughs> one one time when they were doing that that street adjusting, where they you know they they take it down so that all the manhole covers now stick oh, up. And I'm yes, prominent. they were doing Those it on tire killers. Oh my yeah. god! So they were doing it on Ridge, uh, you know, heading down by Maniunk, and uh, I'm going up. This is when I lived in in, uh, in Wissahickon over there, Maniunk. And I'm going up there, and this guy's right. There's no line demarcation, no lane, no nothing. All there is is this bizarre life-or-death slalom between the manhole covers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, the, the, the guy's the guy starts beeping next to me, and I'm, I'm like, what the hell's going on? We get to the top of the hill, and I'm like, you know, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm screaming. And, and he looks at me in a way, and he goes, I didn't know where to drive. <laughs> and, and, and I just, yeah. I just, I'm like, I... I could have easily been you. Yeah. And so I just go, you're right. Let it go. We're we're so reflexively trained yeah. to get pissed off at someone else in driving situations. Yeah. I had another time where this happened. Uh, it was stop and go traffic. And a guy in front of me, um, he uh, his brake lights didn't work. Yeah. And so he puts on the brakes and I almost ran into him. And I'm like, whoa. And I, I and he saw that happen. I throw the car in park. I get out because I'm going to tell him yeah, yeah. somebody is going to have yeah. an accident, you know. And so I come walking up, and he immediately gets on the defenses. Dude, what the hell do you want or something like that? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, dude, your brake lights don't work. Mm-hmm. And he reeled it back in immediately. Yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 sorry, man. Thanks, you know. Wow. So, but but we're so he was so reflexively ready to pounce at me. Yeah. Of course, I was getting out of the car and approaching him. I know. Know, so I, I know. You probably should have put your gun away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, but but we're we're so it, it, behind that wheel, you know what I mean? And now and now I th- bizarrely I think now more than ever because I think a lot of people are driving less in some ways. Mm. You know, uh, we talked about this really as things started to open up. You know, after the the lockdown and all that stuff, and people had forgotten how to drive and so on and so forth. I still think there's a lot of ratcheted up people. Yeah. I'm seeing it a lot on the roads. Are, yeah. are you guys? I oh, definitely yeah. did, especially like in the early stages of the pandemic. There were so little cars on the road, and right. I had an incident coming out of work uh, one day where this dude, I, I can't remember exactly how it all shook out, but then he tried to run away from me. Yeah, he thought I was like chasing him, which I wasn't. He blew through like two stoplights. <laughs> well, you know, and I was like, this guy, like, you I, know, dude. 
I'm not chasing you. I'm just driving. I'm just moving about uh, my day. I have no issues with you. But, I, you know, he was so aggressive towards me that I think he was afraid that I was being aggressive back. It's loony because, I, and I do it, and I shouldn't do it, and I haven't done it for a long time. I used to do it all the time, which is someone does something, like, behind me or screaming up on, the, on my back. <laughs> I can almost literally drive. Yeah. Looking all the time in the rearview mirror. Right, you'll, right. you'll see. Yeah. I'll just lock and load. I'm bald. I'm usually wearing shades. Yeah, and 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 I I you know and I'm I know what people are thinking. Right, and so you'll see that car drop back like crazy, and I'm like I'm doing a stupid, dangerous thing. Yeah, and so I I I, I ratcheted back on that, but it, you can't help it. Reflexive is exactly the right way to phrase it, Preston, because it's like. Ah! Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so I had an issue, and this is a couple of years ago. I was coming um, from New Jersey into Philadelphia over the Walt Whitman Bridge, and as I was approaching, um, I didn't realize that my my lane was ending, and uh, or maybe the lane next to me was ending. One way or the other, I was in the wrong. And the guy coming up on me was livid and flipping out, uh, and I. We we were able to make eye contact. I was able to Preston gesture like. I'm sorry, that was my bad. And then he immediately, like, it was over. Like, he, you know, I don't know if he was not mad at me anymore. Right. But he, he stopped flipping out at that moment. Oh, it's Casey yeah. from the radio. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can tell from all your Delco stickers. If you apologize, like, that, most of the time, that's the response you'll get. They calm down. Well, Kathy, yeah. there's also a thing that people, do, I do all the time that I don't see people do as often as perhaps they should. If I am, am moving in or someone lets me in or I'm, I'm you know, I put my hand up and make sure that of course. Yeah. that they can see me saying yes. thank you. Yeah. And when they don't do that, don't you always go like nice wave a hole? Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, like if, if I, they I don't the sign language, give me, sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. give me give me something. Give me uh, yeah. just an indicator. That, that yes, uh, we're being civil here. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Just an indicator. My dad one time led a guy into traffic. He, I guess he was, I think he was coming out of a Wawa parking lot. And this guy was overly thanking him and yeah. overly waving so much that he rear-ended the car in front of him. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you remember the guy when we had that? We were doing the Mini Masters, and we were at the Mini in the Main Line. And there was a guy who was so excited. <gasps> he didn't know that we were there. And he saw the vehicles. That's right. And he went to get out of his car, and he didn't look to see. If any cars were coming, <laughs> yeah. and it took his door off. Well, it, it, oh it, it didn't take it all the way. It just bent it all the way back yeah, to the other. What'd you do? <laughs> it's parked on Montgomery. And I felt so bad for the I poor know. guy. He just wanted to say hi. Yeah. Like, he was so excited that we were there. And then you remember all the salespeople at the mini dealers. Whoa, looks like you're looking for a new car. <laughs> Who needs the door? Yeah. Wow. Right. Well, you did the right thing, Case. I think making that follow-up video was, uh, was the right thing. Well, I hope he sees it and listens. And if you're mad, I get it. I was an a-hole, and uh, and I overly told you that you were number one, and uh, you know that didn't make things. There were a few I, calls up that we can't get to, but thanks for calling in about this uh, about the intersection and everything. Oh, that that yeah. very intersection. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. another one in Morton Avenue. Uh, they're putting up a four-way stop sign. They have warning signs that that uh, they're going to be putting up a four-way stop sign on Morton Avenue. I think that's okay. a, that's that. Probably would be a good idea in all these situations. Mm-hmm. You know, leave it up for a while. Let people assimilate that information. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know we got a couple more minutes here. I, I saw a, a car-related uh, story I thought was interesting. It would tie into this. Uh, there's this guy. He's a, he's a um, uh, race car driver. His name is Josh Pearson. Is this Preston's um, pit stop? It's, it is. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the pit, gang. Uh, so uh, it is. he is set to debut... In the 24 Hours Le Mans uh, sports car race, 
Uh, he's 16 years old. 16 years old? Yes, he is 16 years old. He will be the youngest ever competitor in the World Endurance Championships at WEC. Uh, Pearson, who is currently 15 and celebrates his birthday in February, uh, is racing for British-based United Autosports in the second-tier LMP2 category. Well, let me ask so, you, what's the rule in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania? Can you get a license if you're younger, if you're driving NASCAR? <laughs> right, yeah. If you do over 160 miles an hour, right. you get it. 15 years old, man. I mean, legally, he can't drive. Legally, right. he can't drive. Uh, in traffic situations, and this kid is a professional race car driver and will be doing the 24-hour Le Mans at 16 years old. He'll be the youngest ever. Well, uh, the current mean, kids have boundless energy, so, you know, he probably won't even be tired at all. The current youngest driver ever to compete uh, in Le Mans is um, Matthew McCurry. Wow. Uh, who was 16 and 202 days. Uh, when he released it, uh, when he raced in the 2014 edition, before him it was a uh, Mexican uh, kid by the name of Ricardo Rodriguez, and that was in 1959. They make, That's how long that record has stood. Do they make a special accommodation for the really young, where they can sit on their dad's lap? And yeah, maybe, maybe they do that. They show talent at an early age, right? And they have a. That's just that's incredible. I mean, that's you know that is top of the line. Yeah. Uh, racing that's as dangerous as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, is that the movie that uh, Christian Bale? Uh, is that the Le Mans that they do? Mm, uh, that is. Is that Le Mans? That, um, You're thinking Ford, of Vice? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The movie, Ferrari? the movie Ford is Ford versus Ferrari. Versus Ferrari. Yes. Yeah. I want to say that. Wait, no, no, Le Mans is no. That's not Le Mans. <laughs> No, um, Le Mans is in France. Yeah, and, yeah. Then that's it. Oh, so you're, there's also the one in the desert, like the uh, the Dakar to something rally. No, no. This is this is the, the Le Mans in, in France. That's that's definitely got to be what's, what the yeah. Yeah. What's subject the, of that is. 1966, 24 hours of Le Mans. Yeah. Okay. So what, what is the one where they actually are are standing and they have to run to the car? And get it. That's and it. Up. That's it. This is Lamont, yeah? yeah. That's what they did uh, yeah. in, in that movie. Yeah. Anyhow, I, I don't know how much of it they, they. I don't know if they still did that. I assume yeah. they probably do. But, but. They, it's a team, right? It's not one person yes. that drives for twenty four hours, right? Yeah, but he's sixteen. Oh, no, man. I know that. That's yeah. Wow. Yes, yes. There's the, there. I think uh, the way it worked in that movie, anyway, it was yeah. a, a a team of three. Or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. So, uh, but anyhow, yeah, this kid at sixteen is going to be competing in this. Um, the organizer said season 10 will see the championship's biggest ever grid with 39 full entrants from 12 different countries. Uh, there are also two all-female lineups uh, as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting, the fact that 16 years old he's going to be doing that. They wow. say that those women who have trained for this, Preston, practice solely with golden ha- hand weights. Oh, <laughs> to give them the that special driving yeah. edge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, now I'm trying to see if, okay. Preston's pit stop. I have another car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through my junk yeah. and I'm like, okay, what else can tie in to it? Since we're going to run Ladies this Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Preston's pit stop. <laughs> uh, so, I think this is the only other one I have. I will we'll have to well, keep the debut here. of Preston's pit stop. Yeah. This really yes, that I didn't know was happening. Totally fair. We just created it seven seconds ago. Uh, so, is it necessary to warm up your car in cold weather? That's the question. Okay, I'm going to answer. May I answer? My you perception? May. Yep. I used to believe that that was the case. Uh, I hear it is no longer the case. Like, yes. What, what do you, what would, 
What do you mean? I mean, other okay, than that so, would warm up for yourself to get in it, what would be the benefit? So in, in the old days, uh, not uh, it, it, it was, it, you needed to do it in the old days, but not so much anymore due to modern cars. The AAA said, does said that um, you only need to let the engine run for about 30 seconds or as long as it takes you to get situated and buckle up before driving. So... You used to, Kathy, need to, and I'm not talking about the temperature inside the... Uh, For the actual uh, engine. Inside the cabin, but yes, you would want to start your car and let it run for a little bit if it was really, really cold. Yes, uh, it or was else better you for get, it. It was better for it, or you might have it stall or something like that, but now it's nothing you really have to worry about I- because... It only takes about 30 seconds for the oil to circulate all the way through the system. That's what I heard years ago was the case, and now it's much quicker. I remember, I mean, if you had a very cold car and it was an older car, I remember my dad used to heat up the gas with a road flare, a lit road flare. And, and uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, 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 was it, did it work? It lit up a lot. Okay. Well, then, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, AutoZone notes that uh, some states and cities have laws restricting the practice for environmental reasons and carry fines in excess of $1,000. Electric cars should be kept plugged in on cold days when possible as they have conditioning systems that can keep their batteries at an ideal operating temperature and also be programmed to heat the cabin without emitting any tailpipe emissions you know, you as know well. You know modern feature of cars that I that I don't like? I don't like the the engine shutoff at intersections. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, yeah uh, it bugs I me. don't like it. And when, when it happens for half a second and you're like, why did you shut off? You know, yeah. and then the light turns. Like, it's, it, I get that. I, in theory, it saves gas or whatever, but it's a pain in the ass. I'll tell you what happens. In the car too. you're driving? Yeah, and you, can't, else's? you can't turn it off. No, the car that I'm yes, driving. You can. Oh. Uh, you can, but you have to do it every single time. So you can't turn it off permanently. I have the same car as you. Yeah, right. And so there is a setting when you get in there, like you can. Yes. I, I can show you, but like. It's you, per drive, right? It's per drive. Yeah, every time okay. you turn really? it on, you have Let to do it. Let me ask you. Because yeah. there, I think it, it might have been a Volvo that I was endorsing. I think if you pressed to press the gas. The brake pedal halfway, mm-hmm. the car would come to a stop, but it wouldn't engage that shutoff. So if you pushed it down further, mm-hmm. it would engage. I'm so not- my car has this feature as well, and I, I don't. It, it, the first time I did it, uh, that it happened, I didn't know it had the feature, and I was like, yeah. "What the hell just happened?" Uh, now I don't mind it at all. But Steve, no, any it, 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 there's not a half press on at least in the model that okay. I drive all right. uh, that has that feature. But what I do have on my car is pretty damn cool, and I hope all cars get this is. When you do stop, if if I push my brake pedal in all the way, if I push it down a little bit further than it takes to stop, it will automatically engage a parking brake, and you take your feet off the pedals and just kind of, you know, move your legs around a little bit. Right. So if you're in traffic, you don't want to put it in park. You don't have to. You just push it in, and then the second that you either hit the brake again or hit the um uh, accelerator, it, it comes out of the parking feature, and you're good to... I love, love, love that feature on See, that when I do that, uh, Nutella dispenses from my cigarette oh, oh, right. yeah. Wait, well, there's is, an upside. Is that after factory, or is that... <laughs> no, that's factory. I, and that's what you call the platinum package. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I've gotten used to the... Uh, the, the um, engine shutting do you, do, off. Do you know what, like in the summer, though, like to, to me when I was driving any, a car that had that feature... The car shuts off. The AC is still running, and it's like every time it happened, it would be a little bit jarring. Hmm. We had uh, this is a long time ago. It was easily twenty years ago. We were uh, visiting family members in Sweden, and when we and and their environmental uh, rules are very very strict, and and uh, and and they're very very environmentally conscious there. But uh, my wife's uncle, when we would pull up to a 
uh, to uh, a light and stop, he would turn the car off. Really? Uh, like li- like manually turn the car off. I mean, now they do that automatically, but right. that, was, that was the rule. If you were going to be stopping for more than, say, you know, 15, 20 seconds or whatever, your car had to be turned off. Is it Sweden for every 10 kilometers you drive, you have to replace the catalytic converter? <laughs> oh, you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Now, now that's overkill, but that's... Uh, yeah. But uh, it's, listen, uh, uh, I, I, mean, I guess I'd get used to it if it was my permanent car and it did that. But every time now, it's kind of like, oh, this is very weird. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gotten to be like, I mean, like yeah. it doesn't deter me from right. getting started any quicker. It's, you know, it's, it is what it is, we, as they say. When you uh, when you're warming up the car, uh, we talked about this. The, the mistake that people make is that they feel if they, they force, like, the, uh, the defrosters... Immediately, right. that is, put it on high. Yeah, that's going to heat up. Any it's quicker. blowing around cold air. It's not. It, it, the engine has to yeah. heat up first, and then you turn the fan on once it gets warm, and then you'll get the warm air. Here's well, a feature I'm like a that full, I, I get in. I put everything on. Everything's blowing. <laughs> the, the seats on. The steering wheel. Like I just want it to get warm as fast as possible. You need it, Preston. But it's not. You know. But it, <laughs> I, if it makes you feel like it yeah. is, and that, that's fine. One of the things that freaks me out about my my current car is, and I didn't know this until I got it, that. The um, uh, the garage door remote, you know, yeah. that's built into the car that you program, uh, won't work unless the car is on. It doesn't. It doesn't. You right. won't engage. So I'm parked inside the garage. I have to start the car first and then open the garage door. It's only yeah, yeah, a yeah. half second, yeah. right? But it's enough to freak me out that I'm starting. A vehicle inside an enclosed area. Why don't you open the garage door when you walk out of your house into the garage? Because for the first time in I don't know how many years, I park inside a garage. And I don't want to go outside or even be near outside because I have to walk around the back of the car and I would be walking. I'm going to enjoy the indoorness of having my car finally inside a garage. I do the same thing. And especially yes. now that it's very, very cold. Like, typically, uh, I'll walk out and open the garage door case like you suggested. But, um, what, like, the last couple of days, like, it being that cold, that, like you said, that you like your car being, you know, yeah. a little bit warmer and, and to get in. So, yeah, that, like, split second where mm-hmm. you start the car before and you're like, oh, God, okay, open press, it up. Right, open press, 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 what if the door gets stuck? What if yeah. I can't get back inside and I can't turn the car off? I'm going to die in here. Isn't, isn't that a feature, though, that if, if you depress the brake for a little bit, a hose will go over the tailpipe and around in? Into the, into yeah. the <laughs> automatically into the cab of so the car. So my car is parked in the driveway, but I have uh, you know an app on my phone where yeah. uh, as soon as I my feet touch the floor, I grab my phone and I turn my car on, and it it warms up, but it, it only stays on for 10 minutes so oh really yeah, okay if i'm not out in 10 minutes the car will shut off but i mean hell you, you leave it running longer when you're driving it i know i know <laughs> but, <laughs> but, had it running for like an hour right yeah all right well anyhow uh this is gonna wrap preston's pit stop this is all we wow. have time for the birth of a new feature yeah i gotta put the grease gun back up and uh get back on to uh other things so uh, let us take a break and come back in a minute. Uh, we do have bizarre file stories that are awaiting you, my friend. So hang in there. We'll be back in a second. Ninety-three-three WMMR presents Concert Cash. Your shot to win $1,000 cash five times a day. Plus, tickets to MMRBQ this September. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10 and noon. Then 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash ticket window. Get the keyword. Enter it at WMMR.com or on the MMR app. 
You can also text it to 45911. Each winner from MMR gets a grand in cash. And two tickets to MMRBQ in September. See official rules at WMMR.com. Oh, and set a reminder for Monday at 8 a.m. when we reveal MMRBQ's link and on-sale info. It's Concert Cash. Sponsored by Meineke. Tires, brakes, batteries, and more. Doing car care right. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. You guys want to know what's going on in this town? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Time for the city beat. Scooby-Wow, wow. Yeah. Time for the city beat. Uh, and I have to uh, say hats off to field reporter Marissa Magnata. <laughs> For digging up these stories for me. I do appreciate it. There's some good stuff coming up. She definitely has her finger on the pulse. She's just a city girl. Yeah. Thanks, I guys. keep my finger on her. Yeah. On her. Before I can yeah. feel the pulse. So, you know. Boots but on the ground for you. Yep. So, we're going to start uh, with this little story. This is interesting. It's from uh, Realtor.com. Philadelphia is the third trendiest affordable metropolitan area in the country. Oh. It's kind of been hovering in that pocket for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. which is very, pro- in light of everything that's gone on, that's very promising. So Realtor.com looked at the nation's 300 largest metros for urban areas that are rich in culture and have a supply of relatively affordable homes compared to high cost, high cost cultural centers. We're rich in culture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Barnes Museum, the Rodan, <laughs> Preston, and Steve show. <laughs> uh, to make the... Okay. That's homegrown right there, bro. <laughs> to make the list of 10 cities, metros had to have amenities such as yoga studios, breweries, art house theaters, farmers markets, and bike shops. Oh, that seems um, rather arbitrary. These regions attract uh, attracted residents ages 25 to 34 to move into the area between 2018-2019, according to the Census Bureau. Okay. So, the metros also had median home listing prices of $400,000 or less in November. The median price in Philadelphia uh, was $312,450. By the way, I mean, that's so you compare it to other big cities and other metro areas around, oh, yeah. that is pretty damn good. Agreed. It's cheaper now to live here than in New York or D.C. or Boston, but how long does that last? He said the way the way it's going, it doesn't seem like it's going to last much longer. Uh, but he encouraged anyone who wants to live in the city to buy now before home prices start to rise further and mortgage rates climb. Uh, I said that he's seen a lot of young professionals moving to Philadelphia who are making decent incomes and can work from home. Transplants usually come from other major cities, mostly New York and Boston, Washington, Chicago. Yes. Interesting. Steve, I, as soon as you mentioned that, I have a friend who uh, lives in Center City. He, he used to commute to Manhattan every day just on the on the train. Uh, his job actually brought him back down to Philly, but uh, it w- he made Manhattan money yeah. living in Philadelphia. Yeah. And, and he just and he was he never even for once considered buying up there just just because of cost. He loves the city. He loves being up in New York, but he was like, I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going to afford it that way. Well, the, the 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 ripple effect that the way it used to exist. Okay, uh, I live I'm, I'm on the Amtrak corridor. I, I can get up to Manhattan. I can do yeah. so yeah. that that gets shifted a little bit. And so oh. I only live in a couple of days now. Now with the exactly. pandemic shifting to. A lot of people saying, even past all this and this surge, people are going to. A lot of people are still probably going to work from home. I thought when you said ripple effect, I thought you meant that cheap wine. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a lot of work. Just get drunk. Yeah. yeah. What's crazy though is I know uh, a couple of different people who are looking to sell their condos in Philadelphia, and they're not moving. 
They're not moving at all. And mm. the the one person, I was like, well, why don't you just rent it? And he's like, because I don't want to get stuck with the way the pandemic is going. And like uh, with... Uh, Do you think that's primarily just a, a city thing? Because on the other side of the coin, you hear... And the people, birds you can't buy. You put a house up and it's gone. You can't find right. a, You can't find a house to buy. I mean, the, 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 the flippers... And the other people who, you know, like, let's say a house is going for $300,000 in Delco, right? You're going to get into a bidding war. It's going to go for four. Yeah, people right? will, people immediately offer more. Mm-hmm. Then you can sell price. it that day. That day. You, you can get rid of it yeah. the day it goes on the market. Yeah, the market in Center City is very high, and that's the problem. And the need is not there as much. These these houses that he's talking about under $400,000 are on the outskirts. They're in, like, Kensington or parts of South Philly that are up and coming, quote-unquote. ones that are know. being gentrified. Yeah, exactly, that too. Um so any of those like three million dollar homes in Rittenhouse Square just obviously are sitting there for a long, long time, mm. and you can't find contractors to fix things. So if there's any problems with the building or something like that, friends of mine just experienced that. You can't get it fixed to sell it. By the way, uh, they points out that uh, the trendy title also comes from uh, the food scene, small businesses, shops, and nightlife, walkability, and something for everyone offering culture. It's, it's funny. I love <laughs> the idea of walkability. Right. So at a a certain point, yeah. you know, and it's crazy that in, in this stage of my life that I'm actually sort of thinking about, okay, what do I do when the kids are out? And, you know, my wife and I, when we downsize, we want to go to an area that has walkability. Yeah. The city is not part of that plan at all. Oh. Yeah. I, we like media. We like Narberth, you know, these little areas that okay. um, have like a little town center. Yeah, a little hamlet. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Little New Macbeth. Year, on yeah. New Year's Day, I walked from my house. I walked like halfway up the parade route. I hopped on the subway. I went to Live Casino, watched the game at Live Casino. Then I left Live Casino and walked all the way to Two Street for more Mummer stuff and then walked home. Like, it's just... To me, the city is very walkable. Yeah, right. it you is. It, it. Yeah. it definitely is. So, all right, anyhow, uh, Realtor.com uh, reported that uh, Philadelphia's culture, oh, sorry, <laughs> history and quaint neighborhoods uh, are uh, predictably, the report specifically mentions Fishtown and its boutique hotels, restaurants, and galleries. Uh, and shops I, as well. So, by the way, real quick, Savannah, Georgia was second. All right. New Orleans ranked uh, oh, third, wow. I believe. Mm-hmm. And then it goes New Haven, Connecticut, Sioux City, Iowa, Albany, New York, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 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 <laughs> Michigan uh, Eau Claire. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Eau Claire, uh, Wisconsin, Baltimore, and Orlando. Oh, the okay. Uh, the last two times I was in the city, one was uh, we had a dinner for Pierre that was uh, in the Rittenhouse Square area. And then another time I went to Foxy Lady Chef's new restaurant, uh, Juana Tamale. Mm-hmm. And that's in South Philadelphia. Uh circling the neighborhoods to find parking, <laughs> especially in South, in South Philadelphia. <laughs> Case, yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Nice when they said, I, I would go anywhere for to acknowledge Pierre's deal, but when they said, and I did, I went in dutifully, and then, but... Uh, Listen, when all said and done, I was able to park for under $40. <laughs> well, listen, in Center City, at least you got garages if yeah, you need yeah, to bail yeah, out yeah. and find a place. Some, in South Philly, in South Philly just can't oh, find a place to yeah. park. The yeah. last two times I've gone into the city, I've taken the train for these very reasons. Yeah. And I went and saw the Spider-Man in the gallery or uh, market. Fashion what's that called? Fashion, Fashion, Fashion District. District. Yeah. yeah, and then for the Pierre thing, uh, I'd much rather... Uh, take the train, spend fifteen dollars or whatever it is, and walk. Then deal with the parking, deal with the garages, and deal with the driving in and out yeah. of the city. Yeah. yeah, there's a case to be made. Certainly, you did the train for the Pierre thing as well. Yeah, okay, that's smart. I mean, I didn't necessarily have that option for the uh, the South Philly venture that I took. I wanted to pay f- f- forty bucks uh, for parking. Dude. <laughs> Other things going on in the city. We got more on the beat more here, on gang. The beat. Well, city beatster guy. 
Uh, you're going to love this, Steve. Going to love this. Bugs Bunny at the Symphony returns to the Philadelphia Orchestra. Love it. New edition of this critically acclaimed concert. I think I have to go to this. Mm. So I saw it years ago when it was the Carl Stalling project. Okay. So it was, you know, the, the, the original composer of so much of that Bugs Bunny music. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's so good. I had no idea that I was being taught a, in, or given a lesson in classical music. Right, when I was right. watching that stuff, but I was, and I love it. And by the way... All of the Looney Tunes, like Bunny uh, cartoons, are on HBO Max right now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, uh, apparently more than a dozen beloved classic Looney Tunes projected onto the big screen while the Philadelphia Orchestra uh, plays the classical music-infused original scores. Uh, and the new version features iconic favorites, favorites like What's Opera, Doc? Which is, which is, kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit. Yeah, and then you have the Wabbit of Seville. Yes. Uh, uh, Baton Buddy and Corny Concerto. What's so that, those are new additions to it. Which one is it, Steve, that uh, it is, it's Elmer Fudd. He goes, what white beyond window breaks? Is that? I don't know. I don't think that's the same that, that's, one. No, it's not the that's, same one. That's out of Romeo and Juliet. But you, the, yeah, the, okay. the, the what's opera doc is Spear and Magic Hell. Spear and Magic Hell. And then and Bugs Bunny looks at the camera and goes, Spear and Magic Hell. Yeah. And then he starts to destroy the <laughs> yeah. whole world yeah. with it. Uh, so, oh, he goes, Lightning, Thunder, Smog. <laughs> <laughs> where, are the, uh, where are these screenings going to be? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I did oh. not. I assumed at the Kimmel Center. I believe so. Okay. Nice. So the recent additions include six newly produced Warner Brothers animated shorts. So there's going to be some new stuff thrown into this as well. Uh, the concert is conducted by George Daughtry and is created by uh, George Daughtry and David Ka Lik Wong as well. So I would love to see this in person because it is so impressive when, when you when you watch the, the the Warner Brothers cartoons, and when there's a piece of music that's that's just accentuating yeah. the actions that are going on, like little punches to uh, throwing something across the room and it hitting yeah, yeah, the yeah. wall, how a conductor can like there's no tempo to that. Like no. I don't know how the musicians play that. I there's don't stings know like how they do it. Orchestral stings that yeah. are like. Or, or they go in yeah. uh, with, with, with with changing tempos. It might be bum 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 You know, something like that oh, because you're speeding up. Well, the gag they always used to do, Preston, which is up up and down the stairs. Dun 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 dun. Yep. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. And of course, the classic piano, exploding piano thing. You would hope that they would do that. Oh, it'd be so great. And this as well. And we've played that, I don't know how many times on here, but that gag never gets old to me at all. So... Uh, the Philadelphia Orchestra, and it is, I, you know what, I it's, don't have the dates oh, on it. Oh, it's this weekend, Preston. Oh, oh great, yeah. we'll miss it. So Just this weekend? It's Friday, there's an 8 o'clock show. Saturday and Sunday, there's 2 p.m. shows, and it is at Verizon Hall, the Kimmel Center. I can't go. I got friends coming in from out of town. Bring them. We, yeah. we have other plans. Way to rip our hearts out, Marissa. <laughs> no, that's awesome, though. Bummer. Okay, yeah. but anyhow, that's coming to town, part of the city beat. All right, wow. something else coming. Oh, oh there <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, another uh, thing for you to take in that uh, will be in our fine city. 
will be uh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo's paintings on the Vatican Sistine Chapel ceiling. Not the real ones, but they are doing reproductions of the iconic... What icon- the hell happened to the ceiling? The iconic frescoes at Fashion District, uh, Philadelphia, which we had just hey, mentioned. Hey, pretzels? There's a... Right near Lance's pretzels. Yeah, so... Uh, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, the exhibition, will be running from the 21st to February 20th at the Center City Shopping Mall. You know, in the original artwork on the Sistine Chapel, the God was holding out a Wetzel's pretzel. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, So the exhibit will include more than 30 recreations of Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel paintings, including pieces such as The Creation of Adam and The Last Judgment. Uh, so, to give a little background, 1508 to 1512, that's when Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel ceiling with depictions of scenes from the Old and New Testaments. And then he returned in 1836 to complete a five-year redesign of the chapel's altar wall. It's highly dramatized, but have you ever seen the movie The Agony and the Ecstasy about oh. Michelangelo and the Pope and, and dealing with the Sistine Chapel and, uh-huh. and the what they had to build for him to paint it? Okay. You know, it's pretty wild. Uh, in order, like like the scaffolding yeah. for him to get yeah. up there. Yeah, I would imagine it was quite extensive. And it, he had had to, he, he had a uh, local paint company. Oh, okay, good. So, he showed up at the Lowe's early. So uh, the frescoes have been replicated using special printing technique that copies the original paintings and produces licensed high definition photos. Does that do anything for you? Um, replicas. Yeah, I, I'm, listen, I'll never get over there. Uh, so to see something that's fairly close to that might be kind of cool, you know? Uh, but no, like when we went to the Banksy mm-hmm. exhibit and we saw replicas, I'm like, I want to see the actual. Yeah. I want to see the thing. Um, so anyhow, but uh, the life-size repl- replicas will stretch from floor to ceiling, offering guests a different vantage point of the paintings. There's an audio guide if you want to get that as well. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Uh, it's Tony like, Dance is doing the audio guide, by it's the way. It's like, <laughs> oh, he is? And Danny painted a ceiling. Uh, it takes, if you do the audio, it's 60 to 90 minutes, but only 30 to 45 minutes to visit without uh, the narrative along. So, uh, Michelangelo was a good artist. And then the Pope <laughs> said, could you do something with that? I don't know, something that looks like God. And he said, yeah, I could do that. How much paint you got? <laughs> and thus... The audio version of from Tony Danza. I find that it's true, though. When you do take the guided tour, it will take a lot longer. Uh, yeah, most yeah. definitely. And then, but you also get the informational stuff. But you can skip ahead sometimes yeah. if, if it's a digital right. uh, thing they give you. And, and uh, you want to jump ahead, press the L button. I've done that. We did that at um, uh, uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. This is where the, uh, uh, Steve Buscemi does that. Steve Buscemi oh, narrated. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> I don't do it for Chevy. All right. Uh, other city beat stories. Uh, this is pretty cool. A film based on boys to men's disog- discography is reportedly in the works from Amazon Studios and Malcolm D. Lee's Blackmailed Productions. Huh. The movie musical will tell a coming-of-age story about four men who reunite to their West Philadelphia school for a reunion following graduation and showcase how they've changed in the 20 years since they last saw one another. Uh, the musical, which will feature songs from the R&B trio's 80s and 90s catalog, is not a biopic, according to The Hollywood Reporter, who was first to report on this project. There is limited information on how the Boys to Men catalog will be used, but the film 
is influenced, inspired by the group and their discography. All right. So, so it's they, not really going to be their story. It's a step-off point. Yeah. Inf- influenced, as they say. I guess, but but they're going to use their music in it, which That's is kind of pretty weird. interesting. I like that, though. Uh, according to the synopsis, the four men return after going the separate ways, eventually finding hope, redemption, and a new understanding of the enduring power of friendship. Did you like that movie, Across the Universe? I uh, did. Okay. I did. We talked about that, the, the Beatles movie. I, I thought, listen, is it... Is it a masterpiece? No. But to see the songs realized, the Beatles songs realized that way uh, by that particular director, she's, you know, pretty phenomenal. I thought it was good. Yeah, the music is pretty great. Yeah. I wanted to ask about Boys to Men. Um, They were on uh, the live uh, version of uh, uh, Different Strokes that um, Jimmy Kimmel and Norman Lear did last month. But there were only two of the boys in oh, it men. was three. Yes, and so I didn't know why they only had two. And they came well. out, and they, they sang the theme to different strokes. They, they sang it really well. It sounded fantastic. But I don't know where the third boy of boys to men uh, is. That's a good question, because initially there were four. There were four, and then one stepped away. I think he had back issues, because when the we bass. had them... The guy with the bass voice? I think mm-hmm. so. Don't really? forget the yeah, steaks yeah. you could eat. Yeah, when we had um, when we had them in studio, yeah. uh, he had already stepped away from the band at that point. Okay. They were also, there was a, a thing called a boy band crew. Christmas, um, and uh, I, I think ABC had it. They had, they had them. They had um, LFO, I guess it was, and some of the Backstreet Boys, and okay. some of In uh, Sync, like Joey Fatone. Okay. And so there was a big celebration of boy bands. They are wearing velour tracksuits, and I applaud, <laughs> applaud them for that. We're just to jump in. You've been trying to say something I, like for ten minutes. I, but you guys have all this boys to men news. I couldn't yeah. jump in. Um, I will say, Nick, that they do tours the three of them. So I'm oh, guessing right. that one of them just wasn't available gotcha. to help out, or maybe they couldn't write a mix okay, for so three of them. Okay, so they still tour. I watched this Netflix thing about um, boy bands, and boys to men kicked it off, and they pretty much were saying how like boys to men was one of the quintessential or one of the most successful boy bands ever. Okay. Like, more successful than the ones in the 80s, and if you compare them to the ones in the 2000s, that they were even more successful. And they said one of the things that they would always get caught on is they would do radio stations or appearances, and everyone would say, like, hey, can you guys just, like, do a quick jingle for us and, like, say our names or something like that? And they were like, that actually takes us hours to plan that out. We can't just do it on the fly. Right. I also don't consider them to be a boy band. Uh, They weren't manufactured Uh, the way the boy bands were. Right, like like um, like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Oh, Downtown, yeah, Downtown. yeah, yeah, yeah. All whoever. those guys were put together, you know, by uh, a studio and a producer and stuff. And these guys found each other in high school. Right. Good point. And besides, their their name is Boys to Men. That's yeah, right. went from boys to, to men. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, they were awesome when they uh, when they came by here. They were so great. We had them. It was when we were in the old studio in the um, in the Pierre Robert studio. And I yeah. wanted to sing for them so bad, but I had a cold at the time. Because I love those guys. You would you yeah. sung for them? I did. I, I sang, but my I, I had a, a head cold, so I couldn't. What did you sing? Um, Please Don't Go. It's from, I think, their debut album. Coolie High Harmony? Coolie High Harmony. Which, by the way. Do you love it for us? Um, I know. I could go. Yeah, I could go. <clears throat> Gotta take his gum out. Yeah. All right. Um, do I, I, boy I can take too. my headphones off. By the way, uh, last year marked the 30th anniversary of Coolie High Harmony. Uh, which peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1991. Okay. You want an intro? Slowly. Now I'm a little bit off. <laughs> Slowly. My eyes begin to see that I need you near and away from me at all times. Ah. Yeah. My feelings are so. <laughs> oh, you're still going. Okay. <laughs> Let's give them something to talk about. 
They are so good in concert. Hang on a second. So good in concert. Shooby dooby doo bop. Shooby dooby doo bop. Yeah, magic. Okay, that's Casey's favorite part. All right, uh, let me see. Other stuff. I want to get to this if we have time. We got a, a, a robust city beat. City beat. Um, so if you've got a Christmas tree and you haven't gotten rid of it yet, for the fourth year running, the Philly Goat Project what? is hosting a series of tree cycle events where you can bring your tree decorations removed to the nonprofit farm in Germantown, and it'll become food for the animals or turn into wood chips to be used on trails and gardens around Philadelphia. Like Branchy. Just like Branchy. <laughs> Uh, Douglas furs are apparently a goat favorite, but they'll eat any kind of evergreen, devouring the whole thing that. in about 20 minutes. Didn't know that goats are fav- favorite or fancied uh, Christmas trees. Didn't know that either. Years ago, Preston, you lamented about throwing away a wood stir, right? You were, we had gone to a Wawa or something like that, and, and you felt bad for throwing that stir away. You felt, and I, every time I see a Christmas tree being taken to the curb, yeah. I feel bad for that tree. And, mm. and like, there's something about it where I'm like, that. That poor tree mm. has lived its life, and now it's just going to be tossed away. It was loved by a family. It was the center yes. of warmth and, and love in a home, and now it's been cast asunder. Yeah, well, and now it, you can have it eaten by a goat and grab yeah. I would like to have that happen. I would actually have some a little more purpose to yes. it. So it did not die in vain. The event is being held on two Saturdays from noon to 3 p.m., January 8th and January 22nd. Uh, and you don't need reservations this year. There are three ways to participate. Uh, there's curbside drop-off at uh, 6336 Ardley Street. Uh, you can take a goat safari Ooh. and drive through the farm to drop it off. Goat safari. Uh, and there's a you can park on Washington Lane and bring your tree in yourself. Um, there is a suggested $20 donation for the services of recycling your Christmas decor, which can be paid in cash, Venmo, cash app, PayPal, or check, and it is tax deductible. The farm also has a fire pit, hot cocoa for sale, and a petting area, too. So, a goat safari and a goat petting area. You can I, would, the kids buy. I think it would be fun to own a goat. To feed a tree to a goat? No, no, to actually just own one. Like, to have enough, cool. uh, enough property to, in fact, I think Chuck wants a goat. He, actually, he has some property. He does. He has a really big yard. and A big um, goat yard? Well, uh, big enough that it could help mow the lawn. I don't know how many goats you would need in order to keep a nice, well-kept lawn. They don't have opposable thumbs, though. They, they can't no, use No, no. They use their mouth. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, they eat the grass. Uh, so you can go to phillygoatproject.org. Sounds cool. If yeah. you need the information. One more City Beat story. <clears throat> and we're going to go with this. Uh, Michael Rubin. Uh, one of the Sixers owners, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, his e-commerce company, Fanatics, has just acquired Topps Trading Cards. Wow. Yeah. I use Fanatics all the time, believe it or not. I get uh, a lot of stuff through those guys. <clears throat> what, do they, what do they have? I, like jerseys and stuff. Like my son is a big football fan, so every year he gets like, a, you know, he has a new favorite player that he wants a jersey, and, and, and I'll get like hats and stuff from them as well. Industry sources put the deal at roughly... A half billion dollars, $500 million. So I, I've been trying for years to get Michael Rubin to come to uh, Camp Out for Hunger. He works across the street when he's at Sixers games. He's a really charitable person. And uh, what I've been told by people who know Michael is that um, you can't uh, go through people to get to Michael. You have to go to him directly. And so right now I'm saying this on the air. <laughs> Michael Rubin, you should come to Camp Out for Hunger 2022. We would love to have you. Uh, I agree with Casey Fanatics. This is an awesome company. It's really cool that they acquired Tops because that's a great company. I'm glad to see it continue. Uh, they were outside of Scranton forever, and there was there was chances that uh, Tops was going to close. Well, by the way, this says uh, this includes 
only tops name and sports and entertainment division, not the company's candy and gift cards line. So I'm, I guess they do gift cards. I didn't know that. Or do they mean the, the actual tops collector it cards? Says, it says gift cards because huh. it said it, it bought uh, tops trading cards. Oh, okay. all right. So it's trading cards and gift cards. Yeah, two different cards. Uh, Fanatics trading card entity is valued at uh, $10 billion. Isn't it wild that that's still a popular thing? Yeah. It's like a billion. Uh, after a $350 million round of fundraising last September, wow. uh, Ruben called Tops an iconic brand in a statement announcing the move. He said, with trading cards and collectibles being a significant pillar of our long-term plans to become the leading digital sports platform, we're excited to add a leading trading cards company to build out our business. We're not doing that. It's the uh, debut of Over the Top and Cobra Trading Company. <laughs> Over the Top. <laughs> our wrestling movie. It's an amazing movie. You would think there's no way that's exciting. You would be right. I have Rocky <laughs> Four trading cards, and I believe they were from Tops. Oh, yeah. Wow. The Tops company. Uh, yeah. By the way, former Disney chairman Michael yeah. Eisner owned Tops, which operated under a private investment firm called uh, Tornante. Uh, Eisner called the Tops brand a jewel in the Fanatics portfolio, adding that Ruben is the perfect entrepreneur to move the sports division forward. So, with the, tra- the, the trading industry, and uh, we're looking at something right here that uh, Connor called up. Uh, the Rocky Four. It is tops. It, it is, is tops. Yeah, yeah my dad funny. used to sell two hundred seventy-five bucks, Nick. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, he used to sell. My dad used to sell insurance to tops, so we would get the complete baseball card set every year. I, I had them for a long time, and then my mom tossed them. Thanks, mom. Oh my god. Um, but uh, yeah, they. Can you do that? Can you just buy the flat out? Here's everything set. You would yes. get yeah, yeah, all the rookies, everything. One, one through seven hundred and fourteen every year, or whatever. Any idea it was. how much something like that would cost? Well, the the basic set actually didn't cost that much. It was a more economic way because you would just buy the entire set and you had no idea if there were going to be um standout cards that year so um but yeah we would get them every year uh, me and my brothers we were really lucky and uh yeah they're based in durier uh pennsylvania just outside of uh, scranton and people have been working in the tops factory their entire careers for a long long uh, period of time so Uh, the the tops candy is like um bazooka joe yeah, so Tornante will retain Tops gift cards and candy lines, including uh, Bazooka Bubblegum. Yeah. Yeah, and what was the other one? Ring Pops and, like, Push Pops. Yeah. Those are all made. So they have the candy line, too. So he didn't get that. Ruben didn't get that. That uh, that continues right. on. I with think the, what they got was pretty impressive. Eisner's company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, damn straight. So, uh, all right, anyhow, stories from the streets of Philadelphia. Time for the city beat to end. You've just been informed. Okay. Those were all good. Yeah, thank you, Marissa Magnata, or yeah. like I said, our no field reporter who uh, got all those stories together. All right, we're going to take a break. Stay with us. Don't you hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay, well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. A go-getter like you never stops learning. ODU Global offers online undergraduate classes with around-the-clock support and individualized advising. We'll help you transfer your credits, finish your degree, and take your career to the next level. ODU Global, the boost you need for bigger things. 
Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We okay. have, uh, I assume he's the owner of the oh, Corn no. Hub truck. This oh. is Sam, who's on the line. Hey, Sam. Hey, how you guys doing? Awesome, man. How are you? Good, good, good. Great. Are you Are you the owner of Corn Hub? Yes, yes. We're a family-owned <laughs> truck. Me and my son own the truck. Oh, my God. It's okay. Great. How long have you been around? Uh, we've been doing it for five years, second year with a truck. Okay. So we've been doing it under a tent before. And uh, we roast it in a Texas corn roaster. That's what makes the world a difference. All right. So I'm we a... roast our corn at 600 degrees yeah. in the husk, and it just makes it so much sweeter and, like, more earthy. It's it's delicious. All right, Sam. So for the food truck, I'm going to guess that your son came up with the name Corn Hub. Am I right? Uh, I was on the computer one night. <laughs> <laughs> What's this site? <laughs> we, can, we can riff on that. Has, has, has Porn Hub found out about this? Uh, I think I'm the original Corn Hub. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> they stole it. In fact, they're the ones. They stole it from them and inserted yeah, the porn. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we saw you were in Levittown recently. Where Where are you based out of? Uh, we're out of Bed Salem. We're out of Bed Salem. Tonight we'll be in uh, PlayWiki uh, Farm. Okay. Down, down in the Trebos area. Can I Listen, check man, that we, out? We, we do this. We do, we, we're going to start doing this event. We did it the first time at the Camp Out for Hunger this last year. It was called Food Trucks and Fireworks. And we had Celebration Fireworks do this huge fireworks yeah. display. Yeah. We had all these food trucks. How can we not have Corn yeah. Hub? <laughs> <laughs> you have to have Corn Hub. All right. We will, we will be in touch. We got to run because I, we... we I want to set up in front of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll get your information. We got a guest who's on the line who we need to go to. But thank you for calling in, Sam. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no problem. Thank you, guys. All right. See ya. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. I love it. Truck. I love the fact that they imitated Corn the hub. graphic design, too. Yeah. They used the actual yeah. font, the, the, yeah. the Porn Hub font on the side of their truck. Our next guest, wow, you don't get any bigger than this, man. There's really no reason he needs to talk to I us. I know, and we, uh, we appreciate him yeah. calling us so much for that. But at the Wells Fargo Center, September 16th, you will see him yeah. doing his show. How cool. And right before that, he's going to be playing um, in Boston. I know. He's doing Fenway. Uh, Fenway, Fenway Park. Fenway. First comedian ever. Ever. Yeah. Of so course. we're honored, and we like to think he's a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bill Burr. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, by the way, sir. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is I didn't get the corn hub thing. When you guys said, oh, did your son come up with that? I was thinking like, oh, because it says hub. <laughs> and I've been on Pornhub like a million times. <laughs> I was like, oh, Pornhub. Right. Ah, there you, there you go. Nice. Hey, uh, happy birthday, Bill, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank nice. you very much. We're the same age, 54 years old today. You feel any different than yesterday? No, but I am blown away by how fast my 50s are going by. So, <sighs> I don't know. 
Well, yeah. it, well it, uh, I try not to pay attention to it. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's it's dovetailing with what is you know a, a career. You become a, a career juggernaut. Everything is just firing, um, you know, on all cylinders. The venues you're playing, the Fenway thing alone had to blow you away. Um, when did you find out that that was a done deal? Um. A couple months back or something, we were uh, actually going to be playing a different venue, and then Fenway opened up, and that was some Fenway's wanted to do a stand-up show, to be honest with you, since the Boston uh, Marathon bombings. They wanted to do something for the uh, the survivors, the families, all the victims and all of that, and um, that went back to, like, uh, 2013. That We've just been trying to figure something out, and um, I don't know, somehow the venue opened up, they asked me to do it, and I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I have to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is the state of the art with, um, well, listen, it used to be uh, uh, impossible to, to pull off something like that. State now. of the art. <laughs> state of the art. <laughs> <laughs> but the tech is there, and, and, it's, uh, and obviously it's not going to be like a club or a theater, but it's still, you can still pull it off, and you specifically can. You've played a lot of huge uh, huge venues who's joining you on that show uh tony v uh legendary boston comedian also actor recently was in some movie that won an oscar i can't remember because uh <laughs> the big slap thing happened so i think that's kind of very good <laughs> was that coda <laughs> was, huh? uh, coda I, was the i don't know what it was i i honestly i watch sports and I watch animals attack each other on YouTube. That's yeah, so my entertainment wheelhouse. You got to be really happy right now with the Celtics in the finals and you know leading the finals right now. I didn't think that they even had a chance to make it to the finals, let alone dominate in these last couple of games. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I realized I lack the emotional maturity to watch my team in the finals with my little kids around me. So. <laughs> During game two, uh, when I knew what was going to happen was going to happen, which was basically, you know, I think the NBA is, uh, I'm not saying it's fixed, but it's very massaged <laughs> to try to get it to six to seven games. So they can't have the home court team go down 0-2. You know the deal. You guys have a basketball team. You remember that Allen Iverson story? Mm. Wait, which one? He criticized the refs, and then like three, four games in a row, anytime he brought it up to court, they called him for carrying and traveling, you know. Uh, right, right, yeah. And he literally, after three, four games, said to one of the refs, he just goes, how long is this going to last? And the guy's like, what? And he goes, you know what I'm talking about. And the guy just smiled, and then it stopped. Uh-huh. They just, they, the level of, like, they, they literally dictate the pace of the game. Drives me up. I, I kind of tapped out of the NBA. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the last time the Celtics played the Lakers in the finals, we went to a game seven, and they called 30-something fouls on the Celtics and, like, Oof. in the teens on the Lakers. And Kobe, rest his soul, one of the greatest ever, had a terrible game, and I watched him take 14 foul shots in the fourth quarter. And in the end, he's like, I don't know how we won that game. It's like, well, you no, do. You're, you're right. I <laughs> mean. some call reputation fouls on Rasheed Wallace <laughs> in a game seven. There wasn't one big, the only big shot hit in that was Meta World Peace, hit a three-pointer. Other than that, it was an excruciatingly boring game. 
I don't know what we did, but the refs were like, no, not this year. It does lend itself, and you're right. And and listen, obviously, it's 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 a game of numbers and money and viewership and so on and so forth. And and it does lend itself to being massaged in that way, as you as you put it. So uh, it's the only sport where the official can actually take a star out of the game. Yeah. All you got to do is give him two quick fouls in the first quarter. You won't see until the second. I don't know. I am also a massive conspiracy theorist when it comes to <laughs> stuff like that. I don't think the moon is made out of cheese. I don't think that there's lizard people or anything like that. But I do think that the NBA is, is assisted reality. And I, so that's where I would put it. So Somewhere bas- between real housewives <laughs> and the real world exists the NBA. <laughs> uh, of all the sports, and I'm a season ticket holder for the, uh, the Sixers, I think basketball gives me the most anxiety, and it's probably the game that I have the hardest time watching all the way through. A lot of times, like when it's on TV, I, I won't even tune in until the third quarter because I just get too anxious, you know, in quarters one and two. Because no matter how much you're up, mm-hmm. you're up by 28 points and five minutes later, they're on a 27 0 run. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. My heart can't handle it. I will tell you this, though. One of my favorite teams of all time, and I always say this when I call you guys in. And we talk about the 96 Bulls. Nobody could beat the 96 Bulls. I would put the 83 Sixers up against them in a second. Mm. I would take Moses Malone underneath against Luke Longley yeah. any day of the week. Then you got Dr. J to do three quarters of what, what Jordan's going to do. And then they go, they got Scottie Pippen. So what? You had Andrew Tony. Yeah. Yeah, I had... Um... I, mean, I think that, that, team, that team almost went, as, as Moses predicted, they almost went undefeated through the playoffs and absolutely destroyed the Lakers in the finals. Faux, faux, faux. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they, 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 they only lost one game in the playoffs. about the 96 Bulls. Oh, I'm a crabby old man today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you because uh, um, you're such a fan. Have you had a chance? To, I mean, it just premiered, but uh, uh, Adam Sandler's movie Hustle. No, you know what? I was actually supposed to go to, uh, they had the premiere out here. I was supposed to go to it, and uh, I was near somebody, who, you know, they literally got COVID, and I've been in a room editing a movie with them. Uh, <laughs> I was like, well, oh I well. can't go down there and uh, kill a bunch of producers and agents at the premiere, so right. I, stayed, uh, I stayed home. But I heard it's absolutely uh, incredible, and I'm really excited by the work that he's been doing, you know, Uncut Gems and all that. Seems yeah. like he has this whole new area that they're letting him do and it's also great for other comedians who want to do more dramatic stuff to have a, a legendary stand-up like him dude it's good to see you you're, you're a good actor as well king of staten island um uh you know you i think uh, have we talked to i you? love the 80 strikes back <laughs> <laughs> what a performance I love, how, I love how quickly you ran out of references like, uh, now here we go uh, mandalorian mandal i i had the mandalorian in the queue ready to go oh yeah we were ready to roll. Girl in a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> now, by the way, my son is is obsessed with Breaking Bad. He's uh, he just finished his freshman year of high school, and he's already watched the entire series and El Camino. I think he just finished his fourth go around with it. Wow! He just absolutely he's going to become is, a meth dealer. In, no, but he's in love with every single character. Like he loves Hank. He loves QB. Like I, I, he just every single person. He's like, man, that guy's a G. So the fact that I'm talking to you, I'm when I get home from work today, I'm going to be like, yo, dude. I was talking to QB today. <laughs> you know what? I you can tell him this story how I how I found out my character's first name because I never understood it. Like when I, when I got the part, which of course I was 
thrilled because I watched that show from the first episode. So getting to do a part in the show was like getting sucked into your TV. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was Kubi, right? And I kept thinking, like, what is Kubi? And I was like, yeah, these are L.A. writers. They know I'm a Celtics fan, so they're almost calling me Kobe. Like, mm. I thought they were messing with me. You know me, conspiracy right. theory. Conspiracy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This isn't a TV show. It's massage reality. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Spiraling down. And um, on one of the, my, I already had done my last episode. They already showed it, and I was watching the final few episodes. And Hank goes, "Yeah, he goes that that Irish guy. What, what's this? That redheaded? No, what do you call you? Yeah, the redheaded guy. He goes Patrick Cooley. And I was watching alone in my house, and I just yelled at the TV, and I was like. My name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he found out. Some adopted kid finding his real parents or something like that. <laughs> I, I remember calling up my wife going, hey, my character's name is Patrick Cooper. She had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, like I had solved some mystery. That's great. I wanted to uh, compliment you and, and uh, say I enjoyed the George Carlin, the Judd Apatow. Uh, documentary, the the, the two parter on HBO, and you're featured in it, and you had a story that I thought was that was really so cool because I was kind of in that same point in in time and perception of Carlin. Um, he he had sort of become a parody of himself, and and um, if you haven't seen it, Bill, you you talk about you and your friends are going to go see him and kind of more to make fun of him. And then you described the sort of tectonic shift that he took in his material, and you're in the audience, and he comes out guns blazing, and it just blew you away. And it was like, like I had that same epiphany when I saw him make that jump. Yeah, well, I didn't realize he was going through a, a period where he wasn't writing. I never knew that, but my friend was really into stand-up, and he was goes, let's go see him, you know? It'll be funny. He's going to still be going, more stuff. And yeah. we just were laughing all week. Like, we were just going to go there. We, we weren't going to heckle, but we were going to go there and enjoy him doing these classic routines that you heard a million times before. And we were both going to make fun of him because both of us wanted to be comedians and were too afraid to do it. So that's what you do. You watch somebody doing it, and then you make fun of them. Right. And you go home and cry yourself to sleep. So <laughs> that's what we were going to do. And we went down there, and the guy had a brand-new 90 minutes. I saw him at the Cape Cod Melody Tent in the round, and he came out. And it was no BS. He came out, thank you, thank you, how are you? And just launched into this 90 minutes, just absolutely slayed. Absolutely slayed. I still remember the standing ovation. I still remember the, the electricity going through the crowd. And, and and I wish there was like a clip. There should have been a mini documentary of these two wise-ass kids <laughs> thinking that they were going to like laugh at Carlin because he was doing old material. We walked out of there like... Done. Like, wow. oh my God! But I, I know that I know that feeling. I, 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 there was a point in time it happened with Spielberg when Spielberg was like, um, with somebody you look up to. And I'm boy, did I look up to Carlin and and uh, and Spielberg early on. And then he kind of got into some really it just seemed like lighter than air stuff. And then Schindler's List comes out, and I'm like, the master's back. It's like when you have that that sort of turnaround. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that's how you do it. You reassess yourself. You say, okay, I may not be on the right trajectory here, and I'm going to improve upon it. You did it yourself in your own life, and here we are. 
Yeah, I don't think I would compare uh, going from E.T. to Schindler's List. With anything I've done, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, why not? Take it. Bill, um, I'm not... A, I'm a, you I'm went not... from making fun of Monica Lewinsky to <laughs> Ryan Rittenhouse joke. Uh, I mean, the growth that you've done, it's almost like no story is off limits. Um no, I appreciate. Sorry, yeah. that's the German Irish side of me where I can't take a compliment. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you another compliment, uh, but I, uh, there's a question attached to it as well because I'm not a big podcast guy. We, we, what we do for a living, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts outside of uh, doing our show. But I really enjoyed the dynamic that you had with Burke Kreischer. I thought that that setup was terrific. You guys complimented each other really well, and then it kind of just disappeared. Is that gone forever? Is it might have come back at some point? Yeah, that was one of those things where I had all of this time. During the pandemic, you know, I mean, I literally went from no time at all. <laughs> so I just started doing podcasts with, you know, friends of mine that I miss. And then once things got going again, you know, Bert's doing movies and touring and I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's just like it, it just became like this thing where it was it was just it's just I only have so much time in my day. And I have two younger kids. And uh, right. you know what's funny about being an older dad is all the uh, the dads that are your age that didn't do a good job, you know, and they they, they come up to you with that look in their face like they had a go, you know, just like they saw a ghost, like, man, just make sure you spend time with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fast, man. It goes by so like, All right, man, all right, cool. No, I'm telling you, you don't understand. Yeah. It's like, look, I don't know what story your kid just robbed. I'm sorry that you were on some business trip selling widgets. But I definitely, I definitely do uh, take it in, and it was one of those things like something had to give, and unfortunately, it yeah. was that. I'm not closing the door. You know, who knows? Maybe another virus will come along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you got to, you got to be optimistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Bill, yeah, you're, you're a glass half full guy. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm a kill half the population. Kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. But if it, be, it gives us a good podcast, it's a trade-off. Uh, yeah, and, and I actually, um, by the way, on the show Crashing, I, I enjoyed that show a lot, and I thought your story arc was my favorite story arc of the entire series. But uh, I was on Netflix, I, it had to have been two nights ago, and I didn't realize that you had a new special that yeah. came out. It's called Bill Burr Presents Friends Who Kill. And I, I need to thank you for introducing me to Stephanie Tolev. Holy crap. Uh, you, you oh, know, my God. When, Can I tell you something? Yes. She's going to open for me when I'm in Toronto. She is an absolute beast, and, and she's so silly, too. That when I brought her out, like, that was, like, her, I think, like, one of her first, like, big Netflix things that she's done. And when I brought her out, she was, like, doing this silly run. Yeah. And she went by me, and she just looks at me. She's like, why am I running? <laughs> I was totally loose, and I just made her thinking, like, she's going to kill. Yeah, I, I am... Um, I, I yeah like yes. I'm a, I'm a still a huge fan of stand up but when somebody like that comes along who you see who just doesn't give a you know what in the right way yeah not in an arrogant way in right. a free way like yeah. she's so free on stage and so silly and so fun um, it actually makes you like become a better comedian or remind you like oh yeah stand up is supposed to be fun it's not supposed to be a grind yeah. so so how long has she been at it because I, I got the impression she's been around for a long time but but because she's just be comfortable um i don't know she you know it's funny i thought she was like from long island or something because the first thing that i saw her do she was promoting her uh 
shows in New York, which I highly recommend if you can find that promo video on her Instagram. Uh, she is Steph uh, Tollif, she goes by, S-T-E-P-H, on, on um, uh, Instagram. And she kind of was making fun of the whole, uh, you know, New York thing. Hey, I'm walking over here. Yeah. Starts off with that, and she just takes it to this ridiculous level um, to promote her. And I saw it. I was, like, crying, laughing. <laughs> I sent it to, like, all my comedian friends. They were all dying, <laughs> laughing. And, and that was, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, all right, here's another one. Here comes another. Oh, that's cool. Beast, yeah. I like, too, that she looks like she could be in the Ramones, too. She <laughs> like, 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 yeah, but Like, rock star. I mean, yeah. that's a complimentary way. She sure. Like, she's right out of CBGB's and doesn't give a, you know, yeah. 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 What yeah. what girl doesn't like to hear that she looks like Joey Ramone? <laughs> I didn't say that. I said she looks like she's in the Ramones. Okay. <laughs> so, Bill, where, um... But nice people. <laughs> you're, um, you're going to be here. You're playing Wells Fargo. Center on September 16th. Uh, I would imagine, there, are, are we going to be able to see this uh, on Netflix at some point somewhere? Uh, no, I just taped a, uh, that, that thing that you did, the uh, Bill Burr Presents Friends Who Killed. I just do like seven, eight minutes up front. Right. And uh, then I'm just bringing people up. It's kind of like an old school stand-up show. Joe Bartnick's on it, uh, Pittsburgh guy, Dean Del Rey, a b- bunch of people. Uh, Jeff Ross, David Tell, Bumpin' Mike's. It's a really great show. And, uh, but I actually have uh, a new special that I, I, I shot at Red Rocks that should be coming oh, out. Wow. Um, actually, I know when it's coming up, and Netflix has this thing like, you do not announce the date <laughs> until we announce the date. All right. All right. It's top secret. God, it's man. Top dude. secret. So that's going to be coming out soon. So, um, you know, this is me. You know, I've, I've written like a new. Wow, I did. I just said this is me, like I just wrote my memoir. <laughs> this is me, <laughs> naked. <laughs> oh. I've God. learned from my mistakes, and I've learned to love my body. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new, uh, you know, I've written like a new, like hour, you know, fifteen or whatever, which will be an hour and thirty by the time I get to uh, to Philly. Wow. And uh, Philly's always been like a huge, just you know. Sports town that I always wanted to go to, and uh, you know, doing the Laugh House with Mona Rest Her Soul and all of them back in the day was just a really. I've always been Mitchell and Ness, everything down there, man. Yeah, that's cool. I always like coming down to that place, and uh, you know, my my, one of my actually one of my biggest sports fan regrets in the world was never going to a game at the Spectrum. Yeah. Yep. I remember for years, is it still, I know for years they still had concerts there and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, it came down in 2009 and the building doesn't even exist anymore, which is a real shame because they had concerts uh, there and God. minor league events and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah missed, missed out. That's You're going to be right place. across the parking lot yeah. from where it was, though, at the Wells Fargo Center. So um, This is how much I liked that Sixers team, even though we had such a rivalry. I actually went, I bought an old pair of, uh, well, they, they re-released them. They're the, 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 uh, the Dr. J Converse All-Stars, ah. the white leather with the red. Yeah. yeah, I got a pair of those, man. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for the right show. Oh, I got to wear those in You got to wear them yeah. again, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. You should invite Dr. J. That'll be, uh, that's my little, that'll be my little nod <laughs> to the, uh, the uh, 83 Sixers. Oh, that little over got big. The low tops, though. I should have got the low tops because Andrew Tony, which is one of the great <laughs> sports nicknames of all time, which you could never use. 
nowadays, uh, the Boston Strangler. That totally flies in 83. The Boston Strangler. I love John that. Wayne Gacy of basketball. Oh, that's hilarious. Jeffrey Dahmer he eats them alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best. All right, well, listen, Bill, we will be there. Wells Fargo Center. It's a Friday night. Thank God. That's great for us early morning risers. Doesn't get um, better. And uh, we've been given the honor of uh, being the presenting yeah. entity. It's the Preston and oh, Steve Show awesome. presenting. Right. So we're stoked about it, man. Hi, you're already going to be back there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right, Bill, thanks for the call. Happy birthday, sir. Uh, we love you. Philly loves you. And we can't wait for you to be here in September. Okay, thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, yeah. take care, bud. Bill Burr. Holy cannoli. He's yeah. great. What a great guy. So funny. So cool. Uh, and just just exploding. Just huge. And has been I, I, for a while. And, and, but, you know, he did have that. Uh, I was reading an interview with him, and he did have that sort of same thing where he's like, uh, you know who ins- who got him to turn the corner? It was he watched Chris Rock coming up, hmm. and he said Chris Rock had started. And he was Chris Rock was kind of like a knockoff, yeah. and then Chris Eddie Rock Murphy. said, "Okay, I got to yeah. do something here." Yeah. And when Bill saw, saw that, he said, "I've got to. I can do this. Yeah. It, this is just how you have to do it, and you yeah. have to commit to it. And you're gonna you're gonna get dinged up a lot, but it'll be worth it in the end. And, and that was kind of what Carlin did as well. All right, we're gonna take a break. Be back in a moment. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. And this B-File is brought to you by Painting Pumps. Painting Pumps delivers the highest quality craftsmanship and service when painting your home. Ask about 0% financing options and a book-free estimate today at Painting Pumps. It's uh, kind of a follow-up story. Authorities are investigating whether an electrician intentionally leapt to his death from the 53rd floor of Los Angeles' tallest skyscraper wow. onto an intersection humming with a normal weekday's bustle. Uh, the coroner is also investigating the possibility of Thursday's death being a workplace accident because it happened at a construction site, but police and officials interviewed workers who said the fall appeared to be a suicide. There was no note left. So the fall killed him. Yes, the fall killer. Okay. Took some time for people below to realize the horror of what had happened. Times photographer Mel Melcon, who was on assignment at the building, said, uh, no one thought it was a body. We heard no screams. Uh, the man was identified as Joseph Sabatino. What was, uh, were there any indications that he had been despondent or anything leading up to that? Not that I know of. Nothing. Uh, he had taken off his hard hat and had not been wearing a safety harness because it wasn't required for the bottom floors he had been working on. Uh, work shut down on Friday and counselors mm. will be on hand for employees. So the tallest building in Los Angeles is? 53 stories, I guess. Not, not all that, that tall, big. yeah. LA doesn't have big tall no. buildings. It's really spread out. Uh, but it's pretty wild because when they, you know, the the stories of jumpers and all that stuff they really they really downplay it in the news. I mean, I think it happens a lot more, especially in New York, right? Because yeah, we all absolutely. But they, I guess, they don't want to incite or they don't. Yeah, and that's why they actually others. yeah they actually won't um, report it unless it's causing another issue. Like if there's a traffic issue, then they'll report it. But, Sometimes happens on the bridges around here. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And you don't really hear much about it because they don't want to sensationalize it. Right. People right. are thinking about doing it exactly. Yeah. Uh, in a horrifying incident, a man who suspected his sister-in-law of practicing witchcraft and black magic on his family, I think this took place in India, uh, chopped off her head with a sharp edge chopper. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did she finally uh, give it up? 
uh, in Uttar Pradesh. According to the preliminary investigation by the police, the subject, uh, Uttam, uh, had been blaming his sister-in-law, Dandevi, of doing witchcraft on his brother, Takur. Before you jump to conclusions, she was a witch. Uh, he died on February 5th. He had been accusing her of tying some voodoo, it's called a tavij, which is a locket on a tree outside of their house. You put your locket on the tree, you're a witch, and so I chopped her head off. Which he believed had resulted in his brother's death. Eyewitnesses have reportedly told the police that on Thursday, Utam... Uh, again, found a Taviz tied to the same tree, and he got into an altercation with Dandevi, accusing her, again, of attempting to kill some th- someone in his family by her witchcraft. Though Dandevi kept denying, uh, Utam picked up a chopper and hacked her over 15 times, dismembering her head from her neck. We were able to reach a resolution. Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> wow. Casey, this speaks to you. A nursery worker is suffering from a mysterious condition that causes parts of her teeth to fall out when she sneezes. Oh, wow. Uh, Lindsey Grant. Just don't drink through a straw. <laughs> uh, is in constant agony after her teeth crumbled away, leaving gaps for blood Sheesh. and pus to fill her mouth and oh. triggering painful gum ab- abscesses. Blood and pus. Yeah. Mm-mm. The teenager has been uh, bullied as a result of the illness and hospitalized due to repeated infections. And her crumbling teeth mean she can now only eat soft food. Ooh, man. But that is putting... Uh, doctors believe Miss Grant's type 1 diabetes may be causing her teeth to become weak. Is uh, it... She believes there is another cause and has shared her story in a desperate plea to find someone who can help her. Is there anything they can do? Can they put in... Well, oh, yeah, the, the the implants are too expensive for her. Oh, man. Dennis say the only treatment available is for her to get uh, is to have all her teeth extracted, and she'll need to pay 20 or actually more like 40000 for implants because they're classed as a cosmet- as cosmetic dentistry. This is in but the But she UK. needs them, though. Uh, she said, um, sometimes I just go home and cry because it really gets uh-huh. to me. Yeah. But she sneezes sometimes, and they'll fall out. that messed up? Ew. After being diagnosed. <laughs> 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 huh, huh. After being diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes as a young child, Ms. Grant was taken to the dentist every four months for regular checkups. By age 14, she had never had a filling, so was surprised she started suffering pain in her back teeth. That's horrific. She underwent emergency treatment to have the nerves removed as they were hitting the roots of the teeth and causing her discomfort. Uh, But following the treatment, she found her teeth suddenly began to disintegrate. That sucks. Mm, That's awful. Wow. All right, what else do I have here for you? Something a little more pleasant. Yeah, please. Somebody growing teeth where they don't want them. Uh, this was pretty funny. This took place last week. Singing your heart out is great, but it won't necessarily get you out of going to jail. In Michigan, Detroit, mm-hmm. Brian Earl Taylor found this uh, found this out the hard way. After he was found guilty of unlawful imprisonment and carrying a concealed weapon, he belted out an apology to the judge to the tune of Adele's song, Hello. <laughs> and it wasn't even that good a rendering. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. He said he he's saying hello there, Your Honor. I want to say I'm sorry for that thing that I've done. So it's right out of hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he should have sang after all that we've been through. I will make it up to you. I promise you. <laughs> and after all that's been said and done, you're. I have a gun. I have a gun. <laughs> we were all like, get out! <laughs> Tackle him! God, is that Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Peter Cetera, right? Yeah. Or Peter Cetera. Yeah, you're right. 
Uh, so anyhow, the judge, uh, Judge Darlene O'Brien, ta- uh, told Taylor he was, quote, obviously a talented young man. But still sentenced him to, this two, is him, by the way. to two years in prison. Yeah. He did have five other charges against him in uh, the case dismissed, though. So maybe it worked a little bit, but didn't keep him from going to jail. All right, and then uh, finally we'll end with this story. I love this story. All right. Okay, it's it's short and it's kind of silly, but I like it. <clears throat> Sometimes it's better not to be honest. Redditor user uh, Vovicius, because they go by, you know, screen names. Okay, Vovicius. Uploaded a photo of his grandmother's decorative rock, which she has had in her house for eight years. The problem is, it's not a rock. It's one of those giant jawbreaker candies all dried out. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and he writes and what? says, I don't have the heart to tell her. It's a decorative rock. She, she thinks, thinks it's, it's a decorative rock. Like a right. colorful rock. Yeah, right. yeah. Because it's got it's all, all the colors. But yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> and it's perfectly Petrified round. gum. There you go. There's a picture. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. He says he has no idea why it hasn't disintegrated or been taken over by ants, but he can't... Uh, he the chemicals, can't, right? He can't bring himself to tell his grandmother <laughs> that it's a jawbreaker and not a decorative rock. That's hilarious. I love that. Uh, I and love at this it. point, she should never know. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right. Totally. Just to the point where she's about to slip into... Oh, see, and part of it was cut open. Did you see that? Put yeah. that picture back up. So you know how the, there's a cross-section and all the different colors? That's what Look she sees. Look at that. That must be the iron pyrite. <laughs> <laughs> there's like nine separate gems in there. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, you don't find that in nature a lot. Yeah. And mostly in gumball machines. It's very rare. It's a very rare rock. Grandma, I'm, I'm fading. I'm, I'm going, I'm passing into the, into the sweet uh, release of death. It's gum. <laughs> What? You know, you could have waited yeah. and never told her. I just wanted you to carry that with you. All right. And Son then, of a gun. That's what I have in the bizarre file for I'm going to you. kick your ass. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in a moment. Uh, when we return, we'll have a lesson question all prepared for you today. See how closely you've been paying attention. A prize will come along with that as well. Mm. Trash and music news is coming up, too. Stay there. Yeah, we want to go for a ride in the car. Our tail is so wagging right now. Take us along with the MMR app. It's Apple CarPlay and Android compatible, which means we get to sit in the dashboard screen. We'll even send you notifications if you want. Download it and try it now. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I want to talk about something, and Steve, you have offhandedly uh, gave me another character name. Yeah. Uh, sex surrogate. The sex surrogate. Now, we need a theme for these yeah. new characters, and we never we never plan these things. No, no. no. That would be work. They just happen. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know what I like? The idea of, of, a, of a theme for this? What? Is, because uh, I just love the way it starts, would be... Um, Kiss from Prince. Oh. He starts oh. up with him going, he goes, uh, and then goes into the song. Do yeah, we, we have that. Oh, we've got to have that. Yeah, it doesn't I look have, like uh, we do. Was that always the big sell of this system is that we'd have access to all of the different stations and their music? That never happened. It never happened. No. Oh, come on now. Hey. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. There you go. All right. This is You're the sex yeah. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Start it over, Casey, one okay. more time. <laughs> we got to throw, throw that guy in. Uh, yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> ah, the sex surrogate is born. All right. Uh, Kathy, what kind of orgasms do you have? Oh, dear God. Oh God. <laughs> Kathy, what kind of orgasms do you have? Can I ask that kind of question? That's something Bill would say in a meeting. Uh-huh. You have screamers, or what do you have? Oh, my God. Dear God. <laughs> Little ripple? <laughs> screamers. <laughs> we are, oh are going to get in trouble. Uh, the reason... <laughs> The reason... I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, Why did you say to bring that up? You laughed. You I heard you laugh. You, you laughed, laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> A study has suggested that women typically experience one of three types. Oh. And they are doing studies on this, and they have given these types names. And these are quite interesting names that they have given to these types of female orgasms. I actually found them pretty evocative. Yeah. So researchers found that when their female volunteers climaxed, uh, the pelvic floor muscles predominantly showed one of three patterns, okay? So three patterns. See what you uh, align. What are you aligned with here, Kathy? <laughs> Either a wave, an avalanche... Or a volcano. Oh, jeez. Come on. I'm going to go with the volcano. <laughs> that, if I would have right? one... Isn't that the creme de la creme? I'm thinking a volcano right. sounds like the most fun. I think no. that guys are routinely volcanoes, right? Yeah. Right. Because of the lava? Yeah. I would think so. Puff, smoke, puff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the lava. Lava. Right. Some oozing lava, some the uh, sometimes... I no longer have yeah. lava to ooze. Yeah. There's so. usually a pyroclastic flow right. afterwards yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. or sometimes. And some sort of resort town nearby gets destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Don't forget, a little pre-lava. Exactly, little pre-lava, <laughs> the warning signs, the grunts, the, sh- the tremors, and uh, the volcano makes a face. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, definitely get. And you know what? When sometimes, like you know, uh, things are born from volcano eruptions. Absolutely. <laughs> By the way, okay. okay. All right, said, here we go. You said something, Steve. You said you said they make a face. <laughs> have you ever, when you are, when you're enjoying yourself? And uh, have you ever stopped at at that moment, yeah, yeah. at the end, and and realized what you're doing with your face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually it's caught not it pretty. I, I, I caught, caught it in a, in a mirror. <gasps> oh my! With, with my wife now, you God. know, uh, and uh, it haunts me to this day. Right? I would never bang what I look like. I would in that mirror. No way. No way. It's just like, it's 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 inhuman. Can you? Uh... <laughs> What's that? You just showed us. It's like this. It's, it's like I got. Uh, it's like I, I zipped up a nut. <laughs> mine's, <laughs> so, mine's, mine's like gritted teeth, like yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, right, I know so it's terrible. It's right? not good. It's horrible. What's yours like? I, this, Kathy. No, this is, I don't want to know. What Kathy, what does your face look like when you have orgasm? <laughs> so I had to do uh, all the time in college. I had this. People would be like, "Yo, dude, do jazz face," and it's not jazz face. No, uh, just, no, no, uh, no, no, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, fizz, yeah. Like fizz face, fizz face. Because I did this thing, and it would be like, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <gasps> you look like your driver's license. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. Oh, he looks oh, like yeah. his driver's That's license. Exactly exactly yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, All right. give your wife an extra hug today forever. Putting right? up with that. Yep. Just to, uh, to put a button in the uh, the face thing here, Preston. Have you ever seen the comparisons between somebody you can't tell if they're in pain or yeah. if they're. Yeah. 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 They do side by side photos. Or sneezing. 
Uh, well, I saw in between pain and, okay. and extreme pleasure, and, and they were you could not tell the difference between the two. <laughs> oh All right, so anyhow, uh, you have a wave, volcano, or an avalanche. I think that makes that sort of makes sense to me. The lead researcher, James Faust, professor of neuroscience at Charles University in Prague, Czech Republic. Uh, said the names refer to the way the pelvic floor movements appeared during uh, the buildup uh, to orgasm and the release of tension uh, at the moment. So the wave looks like undulations or successive contractions of tension and release. The avalanche... Stop it. No. Uh, Sorry, this one just got me, Preston. uh, Pre-lava is going to be a password idea for signing into work. (laughs) That's great. Pre-lava. All right, so the avalanche rides on a higher pelvic floor tension with contractions that lower the tension downward during orgasm. The volcano rides on a lower pelvic floor tension but then explodes into tension and release. Uh, during the O. So. Okay, so wait. Um, does it say that women will only uh, experience one of those, or can they reach they, all three? All of those? three of them. Um, no, it's you're 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 kind of you're 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 like a one. Uh, you you favor one. You're either. So the question would have to be when you're for, uh, whether you're having up there. There are two types of orgasms a female can have. Right, a well, man in the boat, oh, uh, yeah. or a or from a spelunker, a spelunker, or right? The, the submarine, uh, or, sorry, yeah. yeah. And so those would be two different types applied to these. Am I or am I talking there, my there, ass? There which is another ways. type of well, no. There are two. There there are two ways to achieve that. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I wonder if uh, having not ever had those kind of orgasms because of the different plumbing, I don't know if each can have. A different sensation, right. or a different, or a different, um, and cause one of the three. Is that what pattern you mean? Like exactly? Right. So the death. Yeah, how does it work? So let me tell you how they did this first, okay? And then I'll then I'll tell you the the tendencies uh, for ladies in the different types. So uh, for the study, fifty four women used a Bluetooth connected vibrator called the Lioness. Hmm. which detects the force of pelvic floor contractions in two sensors on its sides and sends the data to an Internet server. Uh, The women who performed the tasks at home were instructed to do this to themselves and then uh, turn the device off two minutes after they were finished. Now, were they doing this with their jerkmate pressed? I've never heard of jerkmates before, so I don't really know. Yo, ever heard of jerkmate? Um, This was repeated over several days. The data was then analyzed. Now, it showed that nearly 50% of women had the wave, huh. 17 had, 17% had avalanches, and only 11% had the volcanoes. So so you're saying, and so that I would have to stand corrected now, women get one type of orgasm. It seems that way. Right, it with, with like two you, different you, ways to get that orgasm. That I, I, I don't okay. know for sure, but yeah. yeah, that we would assume. You know what's funny is, uh, is you know, because uh, when when a guy achieves that... His, there, his eruption. His eruption. Uh, his Krakatoa. There is a, there is a clear... Um, Liquid. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's more milky, but anyway. Uh, but he announces it. Like, not all the time, but, like, there's usually an announcement, but, like... You're talking about in movies. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the yeah. girl doesn't, right? Dad, but can the, I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> but the guy, when he's just about what I to... just did. 
Well, one guy in particular, when he's about to, he says, uh, uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> Dude. Oh, you're building to that. I got Santa's going to go. Yeah. Let him go. Uh, Santa's got to go. In that very tone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, wait, wait. and over a phone. Yeah. But right, be- right before he says it, yeah. I need you to stop talking and listen to me. <laughs> And it's over. Just beforehand. All right, I'm I'm done. I'll see you later. I need you to stop talking and listen to me. Santa's got to go. All right, it's over. He's coming to town. (laughs) See you later. Uh, Professor Professor (laughs) Faust's team, uh, whose findings were published. You know, sometimes we don't have a Wednesday meeting. I think we're having one today. Oh, yeah. Professor Faust's team, uh, whose findings were published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, have now turned their attentions to the way uh, that these styles are experienced by women. Uh, Referring to Masters and uh, William Masters and Virginia Johnson, the researchers who pioneered the study of human sexual response in the 1950s, he said, we're not yet finished doing data collection. But one thing that has become apparent uh, is that Masters and Johnson's observations that women had a predominant sexual response style is being borne out with the orgasm responses that we are seeing with the lioness, which is that uh, right. um, uh, device that they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, Santa's got to go. I get it. off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a way, he said this makes sense. These are adult women who have experienced these many times before and like riding a bike or swimming. Uh, there are motor patterns that have become crystallized through experience to be associated with it. And, okay. So, yeah, so, like, you, you get one type uh, because you're used to it that way. And, you know, though, and I was reading a book, um, I forget who the author was, but he was describing, you know, we we, we can never know what um, a woman feels as, as right. men. Right. We know that it's uh, presumably enjoyable, and, and nor can they go back to the way we experience it. So they're both pleasant experiences, we assume. I know I enjoy our end of the the bargain, Mm -hmm. but the actual tactile experience is something that we cannot fully understand. Yes. Yes, this is true. I couldn't, you can't wrap your mind around what would it be like? Because I, uh, what that sensation is like. With me, not to get, there is a, there is a, um, a volcanic thing and it's, it's also a, um, a, a, uh, a water, Pump sort of, <laughs> but you have a volcano with no lava, right? No, my yeah. lava is dried up. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm yeah. a caldera. Well, a, a big part of, the, of that sensation, <clears throat> and and I've bizarrely analyzed this on my own a little bit, uh, is not only what what you're feeling in your pelvic region, uh, but there's a um, there's a uh, a dopamine uh, yes, drop absolutely, that and so that's why you get that that euphoric sensation that that that's why it feels so damn good when you when you're finished. It's meant, nature makes it that it, way exactly, yeah, yeah. and and it's it's to further our uh, continuing the species. I mean, it feels good, so yeah, we just will, gotta go. So we will <laughs> continue to reproduce. <laughs> And then sleep. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> Sleepy afterwards for men, but not for women. Which what is ab- also uh, oh, really? Yeah, m- most women uh, evolutionarily don't feel sleepy immediately afterwards. But men but, do. But men do. Yeah. What about the? What about the almost? Im- do you guys uh, experience the hunger? Uh, uh, I like, usually eat during experience <laughs> the hunger. He's actually eating a pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> George Costanza. Yeah. Get some salted meats. 
I like meat. Uh, no, I don't find myself hungry afterwards. But yeah. I mean, a little you peckish know, afterwards. I can always eat. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why not? Yeah. <laughs> you keep you keep a lunchable on the on the. Uh... Just in case. I, I have a question out of. Oh look, you make your own little pizza. Uh, Steve, you were talking about different types for for different genders, right? Yeah. I, and this is a question out of ignorance. Um, I don't know um, if you were a trans person, uh, how that changes when you go from one um, gender to another. If you fully like, medically yes, does, does transition, that, does that uh, aspect of your life, of your sex life specifically, change? Well, they move around nerves and right. stuff when they have the yeah. surgery. So, so yeah. when they when they did my prostatectomy, they they preserved the nerves so right. that you. Uh, it, it is. It's an interesting experience because it's like you're. It's everything it was before, but slightly different. Okay, okay. You and, know, you, like, and you notice that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, no, no fuss, no muss. I'll tell right. you that. You know, right, running. Right. Yeah. It would be interesting if you were able, because Steve, you're t- you're talking about the difference between uh, men and women and these sensations. It would be interesting to be able to experience that, to experience the other gender yeah. and what that what that is really like. I mean, Kathy, if you had a Johnson, would you, you know, wouldn't it, right? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> yeah, does. I do helicopters all day long, <laughs> just for fun. No, I, I'll tell you what I would be any one of my activities. Having nothing to do with uh, sex, I would like to be outside. Okay. Uh, okay. And it'd be easy. Make it easier. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It I, is, that's yeah. one thing that you guys have to deal with and I've seen clean up. The, the 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 tucking and bunching if you're if you're out yeah. in the in the in the in the woods or whatever, it's a little bit more involved. Uh, just wear a hippie skirt. A skirt. Hippie skirt. <laughs> hippie skirt. That's, hippie that's, skirt. A, that's a different type of yeah. girl that we haven't got to yet. <laughs> if you wear a little hippie skirt, you can do a hippie Although, skirt. Yeah. There there is a uh <laughs> there is a disappointment when you when you have relieved yourself and you're you're sure it's all uh-huh. done. You're finished. You put it back in its package and zip it up and then a <laughs> little, little bit more. Dude, for real, yeah. seriously. You couldn't get that out in the couldn't initial get one? that out. Uh-huh. And, and I, you know, I sat there. Sometimes I, I will shake so much that I hope that no one else yeah. is in the bathroom because right, right. they think that I'm just getting You're a quickie it. in. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm just trying to get that You're last doing a little dance. bit done. And sure enough, bleep, a little yeah. bit more. Mm-hmm. Do you I know where that actually has happened it's after the surgery? I have that happen, Good really. You. Yeah, so it was not the way I wanted to achieve that. It's but not it's, a yeah. big deal. It's just a little yeah. disappointment. And, you know, so uh, here's a text that says, This is why I don't want you guys to talk with our astronauts from the camp out. <laughs> Yours truly, NASA guy. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Yeah. The guy who wouldn't let us talk Rob. to the uh, yeah, International Rob. Space Station. Yeah, yeah this is why. Listen, this is information you can use. Right. Well, anyhow, there are three different types that ladies have, and it's because of the um, the muscles on the pelvic floor show these particular motions. A wave, a... Domenicato, Mr. Roboto. I want to lick your hiney, Kathy Romano. Was that you? That was me. That was, that was you. Not, okay. That was not me. Uh, so, I was going to do this one. one two, three. Uh, yeah, there are three. You have the wave, the avalanche, and the volcano. One, two, three. <laughs> all three. He all had three all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, I have another uh, thing from the sex surrogate to share with you this morning. So, I will pass this along to you. Oh, yeah. This is another study uh, that was done. Oh, yeah. All right. So, scientists in Japan discovered that the size of a man's manhood. I'll right. Tr- I'll try to be. We're being good. I think oh, we're being yeah. After considering what we're talking about, we're being quite good. Good with the terminology. Yeah. Uh, does have a lot to do with the length of of your nose. Dad, can I talk to you for a minute? 
Uh, the team at the Kyoto Prefectural University of Medicine said that men with larger noses had, quote, a stretched penile length of at least 5.3 inches. That seems That's, a bit tiny to me. That is, so It's a Japanese study, though, right? <laughs> Actually, it is. Okay. Uh, and they did say that they need to... They need to uh, Check with other countries as well. Uh, this, they compared. Bean is so small. This compared to men with smaller noses who had one of uh, 4.1 inches. Bean is so small. If you have a small nose. Uh, in order to gather their findings, the researchers looked at 126 men. We cannot achieve much with so small penis. With three days of. Of death. What does this what? say? You have to die for three days? And measured their different body parts. Wait a sec. Jesus. Run that back. Casey, let's set it right yeah, In order to get 126 men <laughs> within three days of death. So they're measure, measuring the phallus after parts. death? Dude, that sucks. Unless, well, like, <laughs> dude, they stretched it out till yeah. it almost broke. Are they not? Hey, let's do this on dead guys. They yeah. don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? I didn't see that when I was reading this story. I'm saying this yeah. publicly. When I die, don't do anything with, with my wiener, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know they do it. Hey, Casey, you know. <laughs> That's one thing I think. Listen, in the quiet uh, uh, isolation of a funeral parlor's basement, wherever they do the embalming or wherever that takes place, don't tell me I... that occasionally... There's think, not a little something, a little, for example, if someone who's, is being buried and they, they're massively well endowed or they're, that, you know, somebody, is somebody saying, will say hey, something. Come in and take a look at this. Yeah. Possibly. I I tend to think that they have a little bit more respect. You would I, hope. I, I think most. I would hope. I yes. think uh, almost of them do, but you got your. You, you got your rogues. You got your cut-ups. Yeah. yeah. You, you got Eddie. Yeah, you got, you got Eddie. In there. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell! You gotta come down on freaking real. He gets on the intercom in the uh, in, in, in the mortuary, calls everybody. He, call, he goes into one of the wake rooms. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, I know you guys. Huge joke. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, well, yeah, they they used cadavers. Uh, they took in different factors. That seems weird. Such as height, weight, and measurements of uh, the men's units. Mm. In order to measure uh, it, they stretched it out as far as it would go. Bean is so small. Wow. Dude, that seems ridiculous. Okay, so what is ridiculous, and Steve, you watched the last Jackass movie. Yes, I is Oh, boy, they yeah. They took um, Chris Pontius. They took his... And they smashed it between two pieces of glass. Yeah. Uh, a lot, Kathy, a lot like uh, they'll do for a, a mammogram. mammogram. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was insane how flat they made it and how much he said it It didn't hurt. Wow. He's like, okay. surprisingly, this is not painful. I would, I would think this, what they're conducting here on these cadavers, were you alive, that would be quite painful. Yeah. And these numbers have to be wrong. Four point one uh, inches. That seems quite weird. Now, they, like people talk about Adrian Brody and um, Jackie Bam, Jackie Bam Bam, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for the potential of huge junk, and and so you're saying there. Yeah, there's... so, so I, I think even subliminally, some women might see feet, or men. hands, nose are always, I yeah. think, correlated but... with. This study did um, dispel. Uh, it, it debunked the the foot thing. Interesting. Yeah. So that that definitely is not related. They found. Um, um, yeah. They they said uh, scientists think compared uh, the length. They, so uh, they stretched out as far as ago. Scientists think compared this length to different body parts, including the feet, which had no links to the size of the penis. 
I was just going to say, uh, tighter, shorter shorts for men are uh, more in style now, and mm-hmm. you can just pretty much see everything see at this <laughs> yeah. point. Like, it was... Is that part of the, the modus operandi for, <laughs> for guys who obviously are packing? I don't know, but like I saw one, and I was like, this is... Like, I, I felt like how you guys say, like, if there's cleavage, you can't not look. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt. Like I, And I wasn't looking to, to be like, oh, look at this guy. Like, it's I was just like, there. I can't not look Ooh. at your balls bulging out of your shorts. <laughs> By the way, uh, text came in, says, Steve, you like this. I'm a critical care nurse. You better believe that we pull someone in the room when we got a Monster Johnson on our hand. <laughs> I knew it. Listen, that's fine as long as you don't. Yeah, that's fine. Just taking a look. Yeah, you know, you, you, if, if you're there, you're you're interceding on on behalf of the of the patient. I think you're owed a a, a peek if you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah. I think you can even like draw faces on it. I would think do a tie fighter that the the ill or deceased would probably like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before they go off into the yeah, great beyond, right. cast yeah. off that mortal coil, yeah. knowing that someone someone had the decency to play with their junk in the final minutes. Well, and it's like, well, I'm not saying play with it, but to admire it. You know, it's like when they... Look at the size of this one. When when people <laughs> conjecture when someone passes, yeah. well, they would have wanted it this way. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do not... No, no. I'm not no. saying not to. T- I'm not saying play with it. I'm not saying make a little hand puppet out yeah. of it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, look at me! <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, the butt? Can they do play? They play no. with your butt. No. Okay. What part no. of your body can we play with when you're dead? None. Okay. So you know my zero. deal. You got to cut me in half yeah. and put um, uh, uh, dip in my mouth. Yeah, you leave your mouth That's open. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to yeah, and put dip in your mouth. Eat guacamole. <laughs> you know nobody's going to actually eat that guacamole, though, Steve. It's absolutely, there's going to be like a little, be- like a saran wrap thing. So okay. it's not like. Are you kidding? We're all going to have to. <laughs> if it's in my w- final w- wishes. Seriously. Yeah. We've worked together so long. We're like a family. You mean to tell me you're not going to eat guacamole? out of Steve's dead mouth. <laughs> We're going to read the, from the will. Steve asks that you play with his dead penis and eat guacamole out of his mouth. <laughs> By the way, the... I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the funeral now. I mean, I don't want you to go, but... Yeah. <laughs> the study author of this penis study said, although our results are useless for forensic pur- purposes, understanding the growing process of penis or facial features may be very important for extrapolating Fatal androgen levels and following male genital functions. So the uh, there's a correlation between nose size and yeah. and testosterone. Oh, that I don't know. Andro- androgen, Maybe. right? I don't know. I don't know. Ah, hell. <laughs> uh, but they they said that uh, it's important to note this study was just done on Japanese men and was from a small pool of people. This means that a bigger sample would need to be tested to garner an accurate representation of penis and nose size. Mm. So they're working on it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Our <laughs> finest minds. Yeah. It's a work in progress. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's the last segment All right. uh, for the sex surrogate. You guys like that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Santa's got to go. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know somebody who didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Kathy Romano. Spring is here. Now let's get that ponytail ready for the chopping block for Kathy's Cuts. We're supporting Wigs for Kids and helping children look themselves and live their lives. Donate your hair to Wigs for Kids on Monday, May 1st. Go to PrestonandSteve.com. Make sure you meet the new minimum requirement of 14 inches of hair. Then make an appointment to join us on May 1st. 
you'll receive a new short hairstyle by the amazing stylists at Gravity Hair Salon in Ambler and Vibe Salon in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Donors will also get refreshments from Duncan, a Kathy's Cuts t-shirt, and a gift bag from True Beauty Concepts. Don't wait. Go to PrestonAndSteve.com to sign up. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Sylvester Stallone and his wife of 25 years in relationship, 30 years long. Yeah. Uh, they are calling it quits, filing for divorce. And the word is that the trigger point was that Sly wanted a new doggy. Can I keep him? He wanted a dog. <laughs> he found me home. And she didn't want one. And, and that may not be the full reason why, but it apparently opened up the floodgates. And they probably started saying things to each other that had been bugging themselves, each of them oh, independently yeah. for years, and they just let it all out. Well, I'll tell you what, it was enough of an issue where he did a cover over of her face yeah. with the dog's face on a tattoo that he has on his bicep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there may be something there, but yeah, yeah. man, uh, wow. I think he did that as a total spite move to say, yeah, you. I love this. Yeah, I love dogs more than I do. I you. love this bitch more than you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But I wonder if uh, if relationships have ended over pets. Oh, I guarantee it would. Ha- I mean, this becomes. We talked about the issue of like in a divorce, who gets to keep, uh, you know, whatever pets or visitation. I'm sure known, uh, pets lead to divorces. I, I cause the divorce. It happened. My dad was was married. At, my mom passed away, and and the marriage was annulled. That was based on pets. The annulment? Yes. Wait, oh no, your, your dad got married after your mom passed? Yes, and, and then, that was annulled. And, okay. It was, it was, and it was because of pets? So we had two dogs. Yeah. And my mother, the, we rescued these dogs when we were living uh, in East Northport on Long Island. Uh, they were, you know, uh, dropped off. A car pulled off, uh, pulled up next to our house, a station wagon. The back pops down. They throw these two puppies out and leave. My mother brought my, you know, my actual mother brought the dogs into the house. They became our pets. When my mom passed away, my dad was taking care of them at the house. And then when he moved and married this woman, he brought those dogs down to Tennessee. Right. And she did not want the dogs there. She had a very... She didn't know the dogs would become... I mean, they were his dogs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so this these pets were a connection to my to mother. mother. Yeah. And my father was like, no. no. And maybe she didn't like that aspect it of it, It could have been that as well, mm. but that caused... That was it. That okay. was over. Yeah. All right. I know... Now, I'm certain that there are people listening who have... Entered, and this is not marriage, but entered into a relationship with someone mm-hmm. who has a pet. Yeah, The other person has a pet, and that pet doesn't like them. Oh, yeah. And that can be either like a, a red flag thing for the person that owns the pet. Yeah. Or the the person that's going into the relationship is like, look, this ain't worth it. Your dog hates me, and I can't stand this. I've you know seen, what I mean? I've seen points of agitation all, even over if one party has an allergy. Uh, yeah. like, and, and the other party wants, oh, yeah. a, and that yeah. is always. Even though the one person can't stop it, it becomes a sore well, point. Well, because I feel like if if they don't also suffer from that, they don't right. understand. They don't understand. understand. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, please. 
No, yeah, no, an allergy is legit. Yeah. Yeah. And we have can. friends that can't, that, that come over to our house. <laughs> Casey Jojo. Oh, yeah. she friend, can't come over? She, she cannot go into, so we only really are able to socialize with her in the summer, yeah. or at least outside. she comes outside and she loves yeah. it and it's oh great, yeah. but she she would explode in our house. You know what, there was a guy not that long ago of a, of a place I frequent, and I'm not going to say where, and uh, he he had brought in a, a puppy to where he's working. I'm like, oh, you new dog there. He's like, yeah, the wife doesn't like it, but I really wanted the dog, and, yeah. and he was essentially saying it was it was a it was a tough move, yeah, you know, and she's not having it, and uh, oh. and so that's why he had the dog at work, and, and but but he I'll against, take care of it, but apparently he against her wishes, oh. you know, you you have to agree on this, yes. you know what I mean, before you bring that on, and, and he, <laughs> hang on, case, I know that you no matter what you want the pet no matter what, yeah. but. You got to you got to agree on that. Oh, it's we, just, we you, did the surprise. Is, it, it. You did? We, we, okay. Yeah, when we were kids, we, my mom That's took us, different. We got a puppy, yeah. and we got, came home to my dad, and we were like, surprise, <laughs> we got a dog. Preston, mm. we had to take it back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Unless there is, it like. stayed with us for, like, a week, and then he was like, no, like, I did not agree to this. It's got to go back. If there's, like, a medical thing where you're allergic to or something along those lines, I understand. But, like, what I don't get is, right, so when, when you have, like, a disagreement in a marriage, I want one. I don't. Well, <laughs> your why? Why does your not wanting supersede my wanting? Because it's an added responsibility. I understand that, but when you're saying like, <laughs> like I'll take care of it. I gotta be home at the school. I was at school and I was leaving. I came home and this Rottweiler was behind me. Yeah. No, like, when you're coming to an much agreement, as, you, as much as you say as it will be my responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, you not know always. it's a shared responsibility. Not yes, always. It is. Not, well, maybe, but not always. Not, I, in, your, in your situation, you have two big dogs. Yeah. Uh, do, oh, are, no, are that's you a shared the, responsibility are, in my so, house. Except did, for when the you, dog does something bad, that's my dog. Did you ask Diane, did you guys talk about it? Yeah, we. I didn't bring a dog home right. without asking So that's about all. That. I think if you, you come to, I think that is something that is, also, it also benefits the animal. You don't want to bring an animal into a situation where it's going to be loathed by one of the parties and, 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 and make an uncomfortable situation. Also consider the, the, uh, the, be- or... Maybe find common ground. What if I bring one home that's not alive? That the one we <laughs> like a Lenny and a Vice and Men. Uh huh. Yeah. My dad's dog hated my mother when they um, got married and moved in together, and and it, she would. My mom said that the dog would growl at her when she would go near his laundry to like do anything. Wasn't the dog's name Janice Joplin? No, it was Daisy. <laughs> oh, um, Daisy. She was older, so she didn't last Aww. very long into the marriage. But she hated my mom. Wow. Yeah. My dad adopted a cat one time for my mom, Kathy, and that cat ended up hating my dad. Which was <laughs> <laughs> he got on the way home from the SPCA where he adopted her. He got a speeding ticket. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, no. Man, I everything from was the get-go. showing. Yeah. yeah, it's such a wonderful thing to, 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 to have pets, and, and, and it's not everybody's thing. And if you're not a pet person, don't adopt and don't you know don't don't get involved. But if you are, it can really embellish things. But again. Preston, when this story arose about this this being one of the beginning wedges between Stallone and his wife, I'm like, yeah, it yeah. can happen. It really can. Yeah. Stallone is always, he, you can tell he's always been a dog guy. He Buckus. Puts, and not only Buckus, but yeah. in, in uh, 
You remember in Rocky Balboa? He takes the kid to the pound. He's like, let's go get a dog. I they think pick out Italian get a dog. Shire. Yeah, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, look at um, this one. This is one. Very <laughs> ugly, but I love it. I'm going to use your argument, not as an, an indictment of you, but to, to expand on a point, right? So your argument of uh, of can we get the dog? I want it versus what the wife is saying. I don't want it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that this uh, and this is just a possibility that uh, Jennifer Flavin Stallone looked at Sly Stallone and said, "You're always getting what you want. You're being the selfish one." You, and and I'm saying no. And you just go ahead and you do it anyway. You're being so selfish. And this is and then that 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 argument just extends beyond the dog. And that I can't led speak to... on their relationship. I have no. I don't even. I don't. I've always thought of you two as much, very much like <laughs> Stallone and Jennifer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Them? I mean, if I were to look at that, I would go. Uh, you married this multi, multi, multi millionaire, right? And you have all. I don't know her. I want a dog. She could. She could come from I a lot of a money. <laughs> I know what you're saying. She can come from a lot of money as well, but I'm I'm assuming that her entire life and lifestyle yeah. has been built by him. I'm just saying hypothetically. Hypothetically, she looks at all of this and says, "You are, you are always just doing things for you. God, you want this dog for you. He could build an entire house larger than our houses yes. for this dog That's true. and hire a staff to take care of this dog removed from the wife. Yeah, but so, he wouldn't do yeah. that. I want to play with it. Dog's gonna be in the bed with him at night. I love you so much. You know what you do? I booped you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to think of Rambo that way, right? Yeah. Come here. Yeah. Yeah. Come over here. Uh, I, I got some doggy bones for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get some calls here. Uh, I'm going to go to Joan. Hi there, Joan. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Joan? Well, I had a coworker who came into work one day and, and announced that she purchased a puppy. Okay. And about a week and a half later, she's like, you know what? Family does not want this dog. Mm. Nobody wants anything to do with it. I don't know what to do. I said, well, I'll take it. Well, I ended up having him for almost 17 years. Well, good, good for you. That was really good. And, and you, you, you raise a point, though, Joan, that, and to, to Casey's and just, I guess, in general, we're all saying this, work it out with everyone because the last thing you want to make is the, the pet collateral damage yeah. to you not making the right call. Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. All right. Thank you. Uh, let me go now to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning. What's up, Brian? I'm just calling about my dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I had a I had a dirt German Shepherd. This is many many years ago. Uh, it was with my oldest son's mother. Uh, we were dating. We never got really got married or anything. But this dog she hated. He was a German Shepherd. I called him Bismarck, <laughs> and she hated this dog from the moment we started dating. Well, I guess it was about six months into the relationship, she uh, decided she was going to hop over to the house one day unannounced, and I was not there. And this dog, by the way, went with me everywhere, mm. everywhere. But this is a one occasion I could not take it with me because I was going to the doctors, right. and I didn't want to leave in the car or anything. Well, she came in unannounced, did not know the dog was in the house. And I guess the dog felt mutual with her, but he had her pinned in the bathroom for two hours trying yeah. to kill her. She, oh was, my she, God. she locked herself in the bathroom to avoid uh, uh, being attacked by the dog? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was, not a, it was not a pleasant scene when I walked into the house. He had the door tore up. He had pictures off the wall. He really, he wanted Dude. to kill her. That'd be terrifying yeah, for her. So how did I, I, how did it end up? How did it play out? Uh, 
Well, she came out, I guess, after about two days of arguing. She said the dog or me, and I said, uh, see ya. <laughs> wow. wow. You, that, this is a story I'm sure I know for a fact. It's played out countless times. It happened with my dad. Was the dogs are the dogs are me? All yeah. right, the dogs. Brian, did you end up meeting somebody else? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I've, I've divorced her too. So. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you're the just stay was over a cat. Just stay with the dog. Yeah, my Brian, Shih Tzu. I was over a hamster. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Get that thing. Uh, this text says, uh, I think if I brought home another dog, my husband would divorce me, too. Uh, then again, we already have two dogs, two cats, and I'm four months pregnant. Oh. So sometimes it's the situation. <laughs> right then and there, the timing is not good. Yeah. Maybe hold off and soften them up yeah, a little yeah. bit and then come in with the dog. Uh, so is uh, who is more, uh, is Rochelle more? The, are you both equal pet people? We're, we're equal pet people. We love That really makes such a difference. We, we love our, our pets. Now, listen, I was... I did not want the dogs that we have now because right. we had just gotten over 22 years of having cats. Yeah. And they had they had just passed. I'm like, let's take a breather right. from the pet uh, responsibility. The yeah. breather is nice. Uh, yeah. No more no more cleaning cat boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you can Don't leave yeah. and just go <laughs> for a little while. So anyhow, but it only lasted a couple months and the kids really wanted dogs. And they brought them in and I was very hesitant. I gave in. I gave my consent. And now I'm the dog dad because uh, then you love those and guys. I'm and, and I'm their favorite. Like they they come to me and uh, all the time over anybody else. You know, how I'm, I'm the tell? guy that didn't want them. You, you turn around and Preston will have footage of the dogs on the beach and all, and you become uh, that guy. So yeah. it was like my, my wife Chelsea, who just we recently had to put down our, our dog. Dog, um, she um, she wanted this dog. It was the first dog she ever. Had herself, so brought it to. Now I've had I had dogs throughout my life, yeah. and I know that they're they're much more work than cats. They're they're great, but uh, sure as hell, Preston was like, okay, it was the classic. You know, I get up early. I can't be walking the dog. I can't be doing this stuff. And then, wouldn't you know, in mm. short order, I was hiking with that dog every day. Yeah. She was my buddy. It's always the case. And I know we all talk to them like, oh like my Stallone does. God. Like, you, I love you, you so much. Baby, baby. Come here, kiss. I want the boy. I just pooped you on your nose. I pooped you on your butt. No, didn't I? <laughs> it's a great hashtag to follow is boop my nose. <laughs> I swear, go hashtag boop my nose, and it's just dogs' noses, and you got to double boop it so you can like it. Uh, what, how do you spell boop? B-O-O-P. Okay. Right. You leave off the last desk receiving. All right, let me go to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, Elizabeth? So, my girlfriend started dating this guy that had a dog. Um, it was at least a year old, and the dog hated her. And since then, it's bit her. She's had to get stitches. Oh, my God. Um, it's bit other people when they have parties. Now they have to put it in a crate because it'll just randomly bite people. Um, they just got married, and they still have the dog. They've got they've had personal trainers come in and, like, try to train this dog so that, you know, it can be around people. Mm -hmm. But, like, what do you do? So Hey, you got to get rid of this dog that you loved before you even met me. I'm right. That's a tough spot to be in. It is a tough spot. In cases like that, there are people and who are, are good at handling dogs like that. A dog like that can go out and sometimes be in a... Uh, like like a like a like a barn dog or a uh, you know where there's more like a like a farm. That's not the classic. Oh, he sends it to a farmer. It runs around with other animals and uh, you know that sort of um, false story. But it, you can 
there are ways around it, but it is it rips you apart. Because he was a mean dog. Yeah, you become attached to them. You know, they're family yeah, members. Yeah, I, it's a tough spot to be in. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth. Hey, hey, look who's on the phone line. Hi. Our buddy from uh, Stonehouse Revival, Jeff Devlin. Hey! No, what? oh, what's up, Jeff? Uh, not much. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. Did you have a, a like a dog story you're calling in about? Well, actually, no. It's a pig story. Okay. A pig story. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, I'm uh, in. I do want to say I, I, I'm, a, I'm divorced. Uh, <laughs> I don't know necessarily that it was because of this, but this was one of those underlying issues. And I want to be careful uh, because I still am in contact with my ex. But yeah. I was traveling for show I Hate My Bath. I uh, was ready to leave one day to uh, travel out to Minnesota where we were filming the show. And right before I left to leave to get on the plane, I had a, a conversation with my ex saying that uh, she really wanted to get pot belly pigs. Yeah. And I was like, look, now's not a good time. Uh, however, we can talk about it when we get back. Okay. I get off the plane in Minnesota. Uh, I get a call from my, my good friend, Rich, and he says, uh, I love the new kids. And I'm like, wait, what? I look on Facebook, and there are my kids holding two potbelly pigs in their arms in our house. The kicker is, is that these pigs, I don't know if most people know this, pigs are like, they last 35 years on average. No. And she wanted to stay in the house. I can't even tell you what a litter box for a pot belly pig looks like. No. It's that tub that you slide up underneath your bed, and it's just, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's used to a little bit, but not a... Uh, I don't think Kathy would approve. No. Hey, Jeff. 100% not. Those, those pot belly pigs can get sizable, correct? They can. I mean, you're talking like 200 to 250 pounds. Yeah. Oh, come on. So there's like and the teacup. There's like this, I guess, the teacup version of a, of a pig that stays a little bit smaller. But a lot of people don't really. Now, now, people who have pigs, and they're, they can be great pets, and they yeah. love them, but they but are a lot of work. Wait, did you live on a farm? Well, I mean, I lived in an old farmhouse. We had about two acres. Yeah. But they lived in the house for a year, almost two <laughs> yeah, years. No. Now, the bottom line is, is it was it was done without an agreement. That's that, that's it. Bottom was, line. And and then, but you get put in Casey's. What he was talking about earlier is like, but I want it. And then all of a sudden, you come home, and the kids are like. Dad, you can't, you have to keep it. Like, come on. That's extortion, though. That's emotion. That, that does nobody any good. And I mean, you 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 did say, "Look, can we talk about it when we get back?" You you weren't saying absolutely, hands down, no. You just wanted to have the discussion. And again, in a way, it, you you risk making the animals collateral damage in not being open and you know, approachable about it. So that, oh, it, I, it, I can see your, your point. It gets, it gets extremely bitter when you're cleaning up <laughs> crap, if I might say, from yeah. a pig no. in the little mid, middle of your room. And they, like, pigs need to root. So it's like you're watching this pig, and it's it's like watching a 13-year-old girl wear high heels for the first time on wooden <laughs> <laughs> So would... Did they? And they crap everywhere. It was just it. It threw a huge wrench into our marriage, and then it coupled with you know 
cats would just come home, rescues. <laughs> yeah. And then it just, it, and I love animals. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But man, <laughs> that one was a tough one for me. Well, and then two of them, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when they get to be a decent size, they're, they're kind of crapping on a human level, aren't they? Bigger than that. I'm talking like horse level. Yeah. Like, oh, man. And they used to, like, the ergonomics, and I have to be careful, yeah. the ergonomics of a pig <laughs> to pee, it's like a fire hose coming out their ass. Oh, so my God. Cool. And this is, all, this is all happening in your bedroom? Straight out. So they would Dude. stand in this litter box, right, which is like four foot long. They would stand in it because they were so big, and then they would pee, and it would, like, hit the wall and, like, ladder. Oh, my God. I, no. And I'm telling you, you you know, like litter of a cat, it's clump, it's kind of yeah. cute. It's, and they have great kitty it's litter. It's not cute. Kitty litter was not <laughs> meant for pig pee. It was not. Dude, I want to be respectful to your ex-wife, but I feel like I'm okay with this divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for approving it, Kathy. Are the pigs still around or are they, or are they on a farm somewhere? <laughs> they are. They are with my ex right now. She's taking care of the one. Unfortunately, one did pass. Uh. And she she's... How did that bacon taste, Jeff? <laughs> I was like, God bless her that she's able to do stuff like that. I just, I can't. I'm not. Uh, no, that, that was I, a little too much. I, I understand that. That was kind of presumptuous oh to get God. two. Uh, yeah, but I get it. Yeah, presumptuous to get one. No, yeah. no pigs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without an agreement, that's the thing. Right. This is a heavy responsibility that the family shares. You know, and to have them I living know inside. Casey's okay with it. Is Casey okay with? A pig coming home. <laughs> if he really farm wanted. animals are different than yeah, like yeah. domesticated like dogs <laughs> and cats. Yeah, yeah. I, and mind like, if I put a Clydesdale in our closet? <laughs> wow, oh uh, Jeff, here, just fun, dude. Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's awesome, bud. We'll talk to you soon. My okay. Pleasure. All right. Enjoy. All right. From Stonehouse Revival, our wow. good friend Jeff. A great show. Awesome guy. Wow. Um, <laughs> you can't bring a pig home. <laughs> <laughs> so we had we I know I had neighbors that had uh, goats and, and and a pig growing up, but it was outside in a special facility that was built for it. I couldn't imagine having that in a house. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, the idea of somebody Can I my, get my, big. My friend's wife just like you know brought home a dog one day. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. I I would not I would not have that. I, this is a this is a family decision, as far as I'm concerned, and 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 if it doesn't work out, and if it's that, um, uh, if you feel that strongly one way or the other, you're like Sly and 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 Jennifer, right. you get a divorce. I mean, it might lead. I oh, was so bad. It might lead to that. And I don't love you anymore. One <laughs> doggy. It's crazy. Man. Um. Yeah. Well, um, but it, it, and again, there's this whole series of, of considerations that need to take place that often don't. Hang on, let me go to Kelly here real quick. Hi, Kelly, good morning. Hey, guys, what's the word? Uh, oh, uh, you, oh, uh, you could do it. It's been years. You know what's funny is it's been years since anybody's done that, and Casey still has the button like right there on this screen in front of me. All right, what's up, Kelly? Um, so a couple years ago, I was I was dating a guy. We were together for probably five years, um, and we already we had one dog together, and then. I begged to get a second dog. Like, I wanted a dog so bad. So we ended up getting a second dog, and he was the devil. Like, truly, he uh. bit other dogs. He bit, he one time bit a kid. Like, 
he was the worst. But, I mean, I loved him. He was cute. He just was, you know, really terrible socially. So things uh, got hairy between he and I. And then when things ended, he was like, you're taking the dog. The second dog's name is Cash. He's like, you're taking him. You know, you're the one who wanted him. I didn't want this dog. And I was like, gosh, I really can't take him. So, I mean, the breakup took a while because, you know, we lived together, everything. So after, you know, a couple of weeks, I was like, listen, I really, I really can't take the dog. And he very reluctantly accepted the dog. But I always felt guilty because I'm like, man, I really did make him get this dog. And yeah. he was, I'm telling you, the worst. But now I'm, I'm not stuck with him, which is good. <laughs> did, did, he, did he keep the dog? And, and, and I hope he didn't, like, you know, bring it to a shelter or something. Did he, did he no, keep the no, dog? He's alive and well. I all right, all right. But she, but it was her idea. It was her idea. And she's, yeah, it off and she's on admitting it. This, yeah. this troubled, uh, this difficult to deal with animal yeah. off on him. This dog hates you. Can you keep it? Shame on you, Kelly. Shame on you. <laughs> but it's not your problem anymore, now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks for the call. Listen, my dogs do need, and, and I'll bring this up on the air. Um, I would like to get them some obedience training. What? Uh, they, oh, man. They they bark at everyone and everything, and walking them is difficult, and being around other dogs. We but have they... we do have them socialized with other dogs from time to time, and it'll seem okay, and then all of a sudden the little one, Haley, freaks out, or she'll pick one person like we have. If we have people over, she'll, yeah. like, go after one person for no particular reason, and it drives us crazy. What, like barking at them? Or... Yeah, snarling, barking, oh, going geez. at them. Oh, yeah. Do you know who's honestly? Got, I think we think she's got a little chihuahua. Or, yeah, like which are they're they can be feisty. Honestly, know? one of the things you can do is check through the old Caesar Milan shows, the uh, the dog whisperer. You know, he he's he and and because he's always treating situations like that. Yeah, and then there's also I need I, I need it. someone to help me <laughs> train right. them rather than just watching an instructional video and trying. Yeah, to get trainers out there. I know. Though. I just need well, to get Jen Green, Alpha Bravo Canine, can refer you to someone who uh, she does training and maybe can help you with these dogs. Okay, you know. Because send them away for a while. Well, yeah, some, some of them, military. They come back. No, yeah. some of them do. Some of them will take your dog for yeah. you know I don't know how long it is, a couple of weeks or or whatever, and then bring them back. Listen, I gotta send you to military. <laughs> Show you what you need to do. You guys have your own good. You have no idea. His dogs are so well trained, though. I mean, yeah. they play dead. You know, they oh, no, they'll, they'll respond to commands and yeah. things like that. But when something happens, they they like go feral. Like, like you cannot yeah. get through to them at like all. Like ripping birds apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, or, you know, just other dogs or, or anybody who walks by the house, you know. And then, listen, I, there are loads of people listening right now who know exactly, exactly. what I'm talking about. But anyhow, yeah, well, all right, well I'll look into that. Yeah, um, but, she can uh, help you out. Yeah. All right, anyhow, it can be grounds for divorce, apparently. Here it is. Uh, yeah. Somebody wants a dog and the other one doesn't. They promise they'll take care of I'll it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> I'll walk it every day and I'll change his water bowl every day. Yeah. Keep him. <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. All right, I want to take a break. Coming back with the beef files. Stay with us. Don't you hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa. Open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay, well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web, PrestonandSteve.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. Presented by Horizon Services. 
Horizon made over 20,000 air conditioner repairs last year that could have been avoided with a Horizon tune-up. Avoid repairs and lower cooling bills with Horizon's no-breakdowns guarantee. Book online at horizoneasybook.com. Hey, man. <laughs> a man was arrested for failing to return a 2002 VHS rental movie, <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered. That's real. It's true. It is legitimate. James Myers <laughs> actually showed a, a TV station the arrest warrant on Wednesday. It shows that Myers is charged with failure to return rental property, a misdemeanor punishable by up to a $200 fine. The rental store, J&J's Video, has since closed, but Myers was still given an April 27th court date for failing to return the gross-out comedy about a cartoonist returning home to live with his parents. So why did the video store close, Preston? They just couldn't make it work? I guess so. Yeah. Myers said he was driving his daughter to school Tuesday morning when an officer pulled him over because he had a taillight that was out. Myers said the officer ran his license and approximately 25 minutes later <laughs> asked him to step out of the vehicle. Uh, Meyer said that uh, uh, the the officer said, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's a warrant out for your arrest from 2002. Apparently, you rented the movie Freddy Got Fingered and never returned it. Quick question. Would that, so they would specify that exactly in the warrant? It's what the the cop said to him. Uh, He said, I thought he was joking. Uh, (laughs) Meyer said the officer, uh, the officers were very polite and professional. They let him take his daughter to school and go to work as long as he promised to turn himself into police uh, later that day. Meyer said that he thought everything would get straightened out at the department, but he was surprised when officers arrested him and then took him to the magistrate's office. He said, for the first time in my life, I got put in handcuffs. Wow. For the movie. Freddie got fingered. Has Tom Green found out about this? Uh, You know what? I would, Tom I would Green ought to yeah. jump in and, and help pay this guy's legal costs. Sure. Myers said he vaguely remembers renting that particular movie from the fam- family-owned video store. So he's got a court date coming up. Were you good with video re- returns and all that nah, stuff? I yeah, mean, I, I I didn't keep them, but uh, I, I'd return them late all the time. Oh, I'd get wand for the late fees. Dude, yeah. I had to pay like forty dollars in late fees for a movie called The Willies. <laughs> it was terrible. Forty dollars in late $40 fees for in The Willies. And remember, be kind. Rewind. That's right. A Florida couple were arrested Tuesday after an agreement led 51-year-old Susan Hurlvert, Hurlvert to strike her husband, 66-year-old Carl Owen Smith, with a burrito to the back of his head. The Oskaloosa County Sheriff's Office said Smith uh, retaliated by stabbing Hulvert in the hand with a fork. <laughs> Well, fork Trump's burrito. Holbert told responding officers that the couple was fighting over Smith's desire to go to the bar and drink every night. Uh, Police say during the argument, Holbert hit him in the back. Put the burrito down. Hit him in the back of the head with her half-eaten Taco Bell Burrito Supreme. Uh, She said Smith then stabbed her hand with a fork he was using to eat a Taco Bell pizza and left her home. So, yeah, Steve, notice they're putting all these details in the police report. Taco Bell Burrito Supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they may indeed put him in there. Yeah, Freddie got fingered in those uh, detailed police reports. <laughs> Smith is charged with aggravated battery, and Holvert is charged with domestic violence-related battery. You're crazy bitch! It's a real short story, but I did see video of it, and it's crazy. Uh, sometimes people get lucky. Uh, take for example, 23-year-old Taylor Cook, who Baltimore police say crashed her Audi Q5 SUV through the concrete barrier of a parking garage last week. So. Like four or five stories up. Wow. And the vehicle, yeah, it was four stories. The vehicle fell four stories to the sidewalk below. There's video footage of it. You look at it and go, how did somebody live? 
because it just, just oh, I have to see smashes that. on the wow. bottom. It landed on its roof. Uh, but she was not seriously injured. That's amazing. Said, yeah, so crazy. A year after Amina Hart had, had her daughter uh, Layla by an, uh, by an anonymous sperm donor, she tracked him down because she wanted Layla to know her father. Well, the new mom actually managed to find the donor, and the two fell in love and got married. Oh, what a love story. Hart says on the TV series Australian Story, so romance was born. Well, you have a new series, Sealed in Semen. Uh, she said, I just essentially say to people, the cart was the cart well and truly came before the horse, and the horse, uh, yeah, her name was Layla, and the horse <laughs> caught up eventually and hooked itself on. Any reason to just play this Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then, then she entered into this journey oh, yes. <laughs> to find the man who created the baby batter that spawned her child. Uh, Hart says that she chose Scott Anderson's profile from a stack of three because he described himself as happy and healthy. And happy, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll let it go. <laughs> you got a minute. Solid. Pretty solid. I thought it was a little rocky. Oh, yes! Two more. Well, we went along the journey together. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, So, (laughs) I've lost my place. Uh, They died in a fiery wreck. No, (laughs) no. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She decided to track the sperm donor because uh, she didn't know her own father. Yeah, that's him. Anderson said, uh, neither of us expected to happen. I fell in love with uh, Layla before I fell in love with Amina. And the couple story is already a book, and a movie is in the works. Wow, mm. that is while well, that's a very touching story about the, them getting together that way. I'm, I'm sure they would try to dissuade you from doing that, right? What from, track- from tracking down the donor? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file. We're going to take a break. Come back in a moment. So stay right where you are. Ninety-three-three WMMR presents. Concert cash. Your shot to win $1,000 cash five times a day. Plus, tickets to MMRBQ this September. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10 and noon. Then 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the concert cash ticket window. Get the keyword. Enter it at WMMR.com or on the MMR app. You can also text it to 45911. Each winner from MMR gets a grand in cash. And two tickets to MMRBQ. You in September. See official rules at WMMR.com. Oh, and set a reminder for Monday at 8 a.m. when we reveal MMRBQ's and on sale info. It's Concert Cash. Sponsored by Meineke. Tires, brakes, batteries, and more. Doing car care right. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Ray Coop with the best of Preston and Steve. Let's take out the trash, man. All right, Steve. Huh. Stories today. All right. Well, there's a whole bunch of them. NBC is uh, national is moving ahead with plans to return the 10 p.m. Uh, 10 p.m. hour of its primetime schedule to local networks. NBC says the plan is to convert must-see TV into you've seen enough TV. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jesse Lee Sofer announcing that he's leaving Chicago PD after the upcoming 10th season. The 38-year-old Sofer says he joined the show 10 years ago when he was just a nobody, and he's going to finish the same way. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, Lance Bass and Danielle Fischel are producing a movie about their awkward teenage romance. Yes, they were briefly involved. The two say the story will capture the sweet innocence of an improbable first love and will be called My Boyfriend's Breath Smells Like Penis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood show. All right, thank you. Our next guest is ready to go. I use the digital antenna to watch his old show. <laughs> really? <laughs> on Cozy TV. He is in Philly tonight. He's appearing at the City Winery on the main stage performing. Uh, tickets are inf- available at citywinery.com. And obviously, you know him from The Office. Uh, but a great musician as well. Please welcome Mr. Creed Bratton. Oh, yeah. uh, let me see here. Creed, do we have you? Can you hear us okay? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we hear you. Are you in our fair city yet, or are you coming here later today? No, I'm here. I'm here in your fair city right now. Excellent. Took a swim, swim yesterday. Uh, just came from uh, uh, Meadowlands. We had a, sh- a show for, uh, I think, 4,200 people showed up the other night. Wow. From oh. my show at the DunderCon. That was, that was a good oh, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. DunderCon. So, so DunderCon, this was the first... Uh, fan convention put on for the office. It was correct? the first completely office-related uh, 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 <clears throat> Comic-Con, as, as it were, you know. And, yeah, the fans, you know, they got their pound of flesh out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was really well attended. And, and we're, we're, we're friends with a number of the uh, the, the cast members of, of the show. Uh, and and uh, this is the first time I saw something this big happening, and the turnout was great. Uh, are people shocked, Creed, that uh, when they discover you have this lengthy um, music life that they were unaware of prior to the series? I think the real, the zealots uh, of, the, of the show have seen the deleted scenes and they know that I was in the grassroots. Ah. And uh, we, we had all those hit records, you know. Uh, I, I know that people think that my life is really, really lucky and stuff, you know, with the being the rock star and things like that, you know? But I was, to be very truthful, guys, I was very reluctant. I was not a, I was not a big fan of debauchery. Yeah. We were one of the first bands to ever uh, trash a hotel room. Did we you were throw- Zeppelin and all those people. Oh, yeah. And they would give me... Um, one night, one of the good band members went, Hey, Creed! <laughs> he says, throw this TV out the window. And I took it and I went... Just <laughs> threw it out the window. I didn't get much thrill out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I never yeah, understood yeah. the destroying thing. Legend has I it. I just did it. Yeah. yeah. The Eagles, uh, who was, was a, Joe Walsh would bring a chainsaw with him to, yeah. to hotel mm-hmm. rooms. It's I, I agree with you. It, it seems a little ridiculous. But you <laughs> you started well, out. You got to pay for it, too. Yeah. Did you, Was John Densmore the best, best man, your best man at your wedding? Was. You John were that was close. Man at my wedding, yeah. Wow. So, and you you actually toured a bit with the Doors. We toured quite a bit with the Doors, uh, Beach Boys, uh, Steppenwolf, Three Dog Night, uh, Grateful Dead, Rascals, Grateful Dead, uh, Big Brother, uh, Moby Grape. Uh, wow. This goes on and on and on. We were uh, the Chambers Brothers. We were actually in that thing. Time, time. Yeah. We were the grassroots were in the studio. We're we're on our voices are on that time part. Let me ask you with the grassroots, which I never quite understood, was the grass was it was that a created band that you guys sort of filled the shoes for? How did that work? It well, the story behind that, and it's here's what happened. Uh I was in 
touring out of college with this band called the Young Californians. We we're all over Europe, and we were in Israel doing this folk festival, and a guy named Warren Entner comes up to me after the show and said, hey, you play pretty good guitar, man. He said, you know, I'm, I'm a play and I sing. Uh, we should think about you know, getting together when you get back to, to the States. So I called him up, and we started a band called The 13th Floor, and we were playing all over, and we started doing some demos, and we had given a demo to our manager who gave it to Dunhill, and now they had a band uh, who, were, who was called the Bedouins. And uh, Joel Larson was a drummer in that band. And, is, is he uh, from the Wrecking Crew? No, 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 not from the Wrecking Crew. Anyway, so here, but the, the, that band uh, just, they, they put, they put, they went out and they put, they put the lead singer, uh, Joe Fulton's vocal on Where Were You When I Needed You, which had already been recorded by P.S. Sloan and Steve Berry, our producers. We were at the London Fog. We were just on the strip, just getting ready to move over. We had, we're heading to the whiskey. This was the natural trajectory of right. the band this time. And we got a chance to come in uh, and do a demo. So we demoed uh, a song that Warren and I wrote called Beating Around the Bush. And we also cut Live for Today at the same time. And they went, well, you know, th there they go. Now, I played, Warren and I played with the Wrecking Crew. On, on a lot of that stuff, you know. Wow. But, uh, we, we didn't play on everything. That's one of the reasons I left the group after about four albums. The Wrecking Crew, we... we I could play and record, and I wanted to do it. I wanted to do more. Well, clearly, we've referenced the Wrecking Crew a number of times. They were the legendary L.A. studio musicians. Right, and we were Hal Brain, Blaine and Joe Osborne, and, and uh, Tommy Tedesco, and Carol Kane, and stuff wow. like that. Wow. We were the first band, actually, to... That's... Uh, Destroy a hotel room. We were the first band to give them credit uh, on our album. We put their names on. In fact, years later, when I was on the office, I got a call from uh, the Musicians Hall of Fame in Nashville to come and induct the Wrecking Crew. I said, "Well, I'm, just, I'm flattered." I said, "But why?" I said, "Well, you're, you're on the office, a, and so you're touring. You're still a touring musician, and and most importantly, you guys were the first band to put their names on the album. So that's." I wow. think that's kind of, that's I'll, amazing. I'll, we'll take credit for that. Warren and I are the last remaining members. We'll <laughs> Creed, I remember reading, I, I read an article, uh, I think it was in the LA Times about you uh, a couple of years ago, and you were talking about, you're telling this story about like hitchhiking into North Africa and then down into the Sudan. And, and this was, I think, if, if I remember correctly, it was back in the 60s. And I remember reading 64, that article. yeah. 64? Okay. So uh, you had led such an interesting, <laughs> fascinating, deep life. And then. Flash forward like 40 or 50 years, you're on this show that continues to live on through streaming services and, and Dundercons and things along those lines. I, I imagine from your perspective, looking at something like The Office is just another slice of life for you that, that um, may have as much impact as being <laughs> in the Sudan or may not. I, I'm curious as to what your perspective on uh, The Office is as, as compared to the rest of your life. When I made the pact with the Dark Lord to get on that show, <laughs> I, what? You laugh. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even know how that happened. To be very honest, I never wake up with the day and not realize how lucky I am and what the, the fluke how life goes. But I people kind of kind of said you've had your fifteen minutes of fame. You've got the gold records. You know, blah blah blah. You did your rock and roll thing, and it's and that's it. And I and I but I saw something inside. You know, your your mind's eye. When you have people have visions, and people can talk you out and say, "Well, that's it's done." You know, don't get greedy, blah blah blah. But I never b believed that was true. And I'd stayed in class. I was in acting class right up to the day 
uh, I got a chance to, I was working on Bernie Mac and the director, uh, Ken Guapas brought me over to the office set in the background. And I wrote my own character. I wrote the Creed character out hmm. and shot an hour's worth of material presented to Greg Daniels. And he, they all found it very funny. And here we are. You and I are talking about it. You know, we always, we, you know, it's funny. We get in, we get the uh, sensation, obviously, and, and with your character, that a lot of these uh, sociopathic things that you'll blurt out are taken from little nuggets of your actual life, Creed, because you have such a storied uh, uh, past. So you're saying a lot of the dialogue, or a lot of the times, stuff that we will see on this on the show, some of the uh, is dialogue you yourself have created. In the beginning, in the in beginning, the beginning uh, that was the character, and they kind of went from there. But then, of course, the writers who were absolutely brilliant, yeah, you know, far better writers than I am, took it on and moved it on. Uh, when people meet me in person, they're either relieved or disappointed. Both ways that it breaks. But I wanted to, to mention so the, the album, your most recent album's um, uh, slightly altered, correct? Yes. All right, and you call it uh, folk adjacent, and I, you know, the people who are familiar with the show, and you said some of the outtakes know that you have the, this capability. Uh, and and uh, so when people come to see did, you, did I say folk adjacent? Because that's a pretty good. Title. Yeah, that's what you said, folk adjacent. <laughs> I think I'm going to count you on that. That's pretty good. <laughs> it was in your, an interview with you, so you 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 deserve all the credit. So, all right, all right. But the album was produced adjacent. by by Dave Way, who and who's kind of a legendary producer. Oh my yeah. God, he's he's a multi Grammy award winning Dave Way. And Dylan O'Brien, uh, another dear friend of mine who's extremely talented, uh, producer, singer, songwriter. Uh, so and- I've got two people, and then I guess I have the cream of the crop of L.A. musicians to work with. I work with Dean Parks, for God's sakes, you know, on my albums, you know. So so is it a man and a guitar, or do you have an, an accompanying band with no, you? No, well, my live show is just, you know, I, I show them the bare bones stuff, Steve. I just, it's just, uh, they, they see the song. Just the, how I presented to them originally on, I'll come up and I'll blah, 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 blah. This is the basic song. Wow. When we record them, we'll, we'll, we'll sweeten it, of course. Yeah. But basically, the basic, the foundation of all of it is right there. It's just me and my guitar. That's how we, we work we work from there. That's cool. Well, Creed, not the only one uh, musically inclined on uh, from the Office cast. A good friend of ours and a Philly gal uh, by the name of Kate Flannery. Yes. Uh, Nick had reached out to her yesterday, and she sent us a little nugget over. I've not heard this yet, but apparently... Is it the... Is it the uh, don't tell me, the Pennsylvania polka. That's exactly <laughs> it. And not only you two together, but Weird Al Yankovic, could you tell us a little bit about this before we play a little smidgen of it? Well, you, Al's career was flagging, you know, and just, oh, God, just called us and said, you know, guys, you and Kate, I need something to tap it up. It's kind of like uh, Kanye or something coming down on like, you know, a uh, So, Were you guys I, all together or with us? Weird Al yet, back it. Or with us? Uh, was it done remotely? I can't remember how it came about. Okay. I just know we were... Uh, Oh, I know what it was. Bob Thiel. Bob Thiel of the Scrantones was putting together a, 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 a uh, an album with all the office cast members singing songs and stuff. Oh, so the Scrantones. I, I love and, that. And Kate and I did one. And then there was, we thought, oh, my God, Pennsylvania Polka. And he's an accordion. We get Weird Al. Yeah, he's the great. He's a great guy, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let, let's. We, I want to play just a little bit of this and oh, hear how this goes. Pennsylvania, 
Shuttle. <laughs> the dulcet tones. I love it. How uh, uh, you know? It's like some adenoidal, you know, <laughs> uh, holding their nose and singing that. We were doing that on. For, go, we were going for that, you know. The, all right, uh, you stick. You got it. And she. All right. Uh, we, so I got to use a disclaimer for my voice, please. No. All right. We we love her to death. She is. Uh, she's such a good friend of ours. And, oh my gosh. She's and the best. we have create. You can't see it here, but actually on our mixing console on the main board here in the studio. We have uh, our dump button is called the Flannery switch because she curses so much when she comes by here. And we are terrestrial radio and we can't have that. And she's uh, the biggest potty mouth we've ever met. Oh, yeah. She's horrible. We <laughs> I love it. Who all was at, uh, at Dundercon uh, uh, from the cast? Well, uh, Kate and myself and Oscar and Brian and Andy Buckley, wow, and uh, Linda Pearl, Bob Vance, wow, uh, Devin Abner. He was just our mystery guest. The guy I got, and he came for coming after me because I got him fired on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, the, we never forgets. Viewers of TV shows have this bizarre fantasy that everybody's buddies and they hang out all the time and they see each other all the time. But uh, it has to be special when you guys actually get back together face to face. It's got to be beautiful. The, the reality, guys, is, is they they really didn't like me that much. You know, <laughs> they knew then I knew it was a rock star. But as far as uh, film, they they really didn't understand me. And, and by the way. I had more film credits than that whole cast combined when I came on. Well, really? Albeit silent films in black and white. <laughs> I still think the numbers add up. Well, well, they, you, they, would, they would hide my cane and <laughs> their, uh, iron lungs on my desk, you know. Looking at your... Krasinski would yell before set scenes. He'd go, hey, Creed. A potato a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> I mean, I, you eat one potato thinking it's an apple. I ate the whole thing. I didn't know. I, don't, I can't tell. They didn't it's go that. I just kept on going with a potato. Looking back at your credits, though, you do you do go back to, you were on the show Quincy with uh, Jack yeah, yeah. Klugman. I was, on, I was on Quincy when I was when I was a young man with hair. <laughs> the studly guy. <laughs> Well, you you were friends with Bo Bridges. Are, are you? Are, I was very. He, I still am. Yeah, really. Very dear friend. Uh, and he put you I in a lot of stuff, out. right? I, I auditioned for a play called Instant Foreplay. Yeah. And uh, say no more. <laughs> and uh, I sang in that one, and and, uh, and I, it was really a lot of fun. And then we ended up doing a uh, uh, a thing at, on the Odyssey Theater, and with uh, with with Jenny. Uh, Sullivan, who was Jimmy Messina's wife at the time, and Bo's wife, Julie. And it's a three three person show, and it went really well. Oingo Boingo was the opening act. They were there at the theater. It was quite a night. And Jeff, Jeff and Bo were there, and they were all very supportive of me. So I was falling on hard times uh, as was was going on back then. He took me out as a stand in. So I worked with him for, for quite a few years there. And kept, the kept, kept putting you in stuff. Are you friends with Jeff as well? Jeff Bridges? Oh, yeah, Jeff, yeah. absolutely. And wow. I don't see Jeff. I certainly don't see Jeff because he's busy all the time. Right, right, right. And, and I'm going to say I'm very, very happy that he's been in remission and he's back and, uh, you know, healthy again. Yeah, yeah. One of our, one of our great actors. And you know what? In, uh, as far as singing uh, in uh, Untamed Heart, he was amazing. Oh, my God. Did the, like, is that Crazy Heart? Or crazy Heart. Oh, crazy Heart. I'm Untamed sorry. Heart, Untamed yeah. Heart is with uh, oh my God. No, Christian, he, Christian Slater. Yeah. Yes. 
He's a legit country singer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's the real deal. Wow. All right, well, listen, speaking of legit singer, uh, Creed Bratton uh, at City Winery. Yes. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe you'll get lucky and the Pennsylvania Polka will be on the <laughs> I can't guarantee any of that. Don't hold gonna... your breath. Man. All right, we won't do that. Uh, Creed, it was great talking to you. Have a great time in Philadelphia. Great talking to you, Preston, Steve. Thanks, guys, for having me. You got Absolutely. it. Creed Bratton, guys, it's here for What a life. Man. I know. I, you know what? I mean, there's... He's done so much at the point the point where you had the the doors and all those bands were firing on all cylinders. He yeah. was right amongst all that. Yep, and that was a that was a turbulent time. It was an exciting time. Wow. Yeah, he had his issues, obviously. Then wow. he fought his way back from. He's doing great now. But to, yeah. to, uh, Preston, you know, um, you, you've you've seen the show, but in if you watch the show over the long term. If there's going to come a money shot, it's going to come from uh, from Kate or Creed or one of those where they, it's just like those moments that are just you, the fans go nuts for. Because Creed was a, back, a just a background character, yeah, you know. And then they started employing him for these bizarre things, and he so his legend was built on that. Love it. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. A go getter like you never stops learning. ODU Global offers online undergraduate classes with around-the-clock support and individualized advising. We'll help you transfer your credits, finish your degree, and take your career to the next level. ODU Global, the boost you need for bigger things.